Chani. I'm at Lottie's. And you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. And I'm excited about today's show because it's going to rock. going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. Another season of One Chicago is in the books. Can you believe that we just finished our fifth beach season? No, I can't. That's crazy. It's wild. It's wild. Crazy. So obviously, this is episode 224. Uh, we're covering the season finales, as you know. Um, I so, so it's Thursday afternoon when we record this. And like, I don't know about you, Bryna, but if you were to ask me how I am right now, I would tell you that I am, I am emotionally drained. It's been a week. It's been a week. And I feel like even that is an understatement. I'm just, I'm completely emotionally wiped out. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's not, I mean, it's not just the shows. I think in the weeks leading up to the shows, yeah, we were really stressed out and just really like throwing theories around like they were crazy. And (laughs) And now looking back on it, we're like, that's so ridiculous. Why were we so, A, why were we so stressed? And B, where did that even come from? I have no idea where some of that came from. I mean, we knew to a certain degree that we'd be wearing clown masks after all three. Um, But, you know, you know, um, I don't know. The, The consensus has been pretty mixed on these finales. I actually feel like they were pretty good. I think they were pretty good. I just think, and we'll get into it. I think some of them were overhyped, mm-hmm. but I doesn't. That doesn't mean that I think they're bad episodes or that they were, you know, anything like that. I just think they were overhyped. Yeah, like I think fire in particular was. I mean, the Celeride wedding was great, and don't get me wrong, it lived up to all the hype. Mm-hmm. But everything else around the Celeride wedding was like, what? Huh? And, and again, I, I was not mad at all. Just again, cause I mean, I mean, I'm not mad that we don't, we're not stressed at all and no. we don't have to be stressed again until September. So I can live with that. And it's, in that, exactly. in my mind, that's a great, and those are great finales. I don't have to yeah. be stressed. We're good. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't have any news cause you know, it's finale time. There is one bit of news that we do. We, do, we are going to share, which is just like this, this week has been very hard emotionally mm-hmm. very very hard and so I mean outside of one Chicago obviously we are going to address the tragedy that happened in Uvalde Texas but on a one Chicago front Tuesday the dog very tragically passed away over the weekend yeah <laughs> that was not what I was expecting what day did we wake up to that Monday it was or Monday was Tuesday no I think it was Monday yeah it was either one Whatever day it was, it was not what I expected to wake up to. No, no. Um, and she was only four, which yeah. breaks my heart and makes me really sad. And it makes me want to go squeeze Pepper, yeah. which would not make him happy right now. He's only two. So, I mean, I just think of that and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. I, the great news. I mean, there's no great news, but like, at least we got to see Tuesday yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Or in the finales or in the finale. So that was nice. But yeah, it's just weird to think that. She won't be in next season. So sad. Yeah. Really heartbreaking. So we did see that. I mean, the other 
news that's been everywhere the past couple of days. If you are here in the States, as we are, um, you know, the tragic shooting that occurred in Uvalde, Texas on Tuesday, where 19 children and two teachers were killed. We can't not address it. We can't not. I mean, I just, it happens all too often in our country. It happens all too often in this state. Um, and I think we were all really rattled by the fact that it was elementary school kids. Yeah. We're not just the first time, the second time. At least. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, seeing that all over the news on Tuesday and Wednesday, I know I personally, I, I could not sleep on Wednesday morning. Like I, I got up at four 30 in the morning and I was like watching TV. And then like our, one, our group, our group chat was going pretty early because some of us are on the East coast. And I was just like, hi, I can't sleep. So what's up I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't sleep. And then like on Wednesday going into the day, our friend, Rachel, she texted me, she's like, it's finale day. Like, are you stressed out? And I was like, honestly, Rachel, I don't care. I'm just ready to get it done because yeah. everything, everywhere you turn is just sad and horrible and there's death and destruction everywhere yeah so i don't know it's been weighing on my mind and i was having this conversation when i was actually getting my hair cut yesterday with the girl who's doing my hair about you know just how different because like sandy hook happened when i was in high school i was a senior in high school Mm -hmm. so for me like yeah i was still in school and there was some changes like i remember when that happened and like the, our school changed immediately and like all the doors started getting locked and, you know, like things changed after that, but it wasn't the same thing that kids are going to go through now. And it's been on my mind a lot because my best friend just had a baby last week mm-hmm. and it's been on my mind a lot because this is the world that he's going to grow up in is unfortunately, and I hate it for him and I hate it for them. And I, I, I just, I hate that this is the reality, but like, this is the world he's going to grow up in. And especially now, I guess that it's my best friend in the situation as a parent, like I'm seeing it in a different light because it's like, Oh, this is what she's going to be thinking about. Like, you know, am I going to send my kid off to this school? Am I, you know, am I going to be worried every day when I send him off to school in a couple of years? Like, you know, like, it's just, I'm seeing it differently a little bit now, but it's like, you know, I know someone who's like very close to me. That's a parent. And I just, it's, it's really heartbreaking. Every single time one of these happens, I feel the rage just like bubble up even higher than it did before. Yeah. That I, what I don't understand, and I mean, our listeners who are not in the States, um, you know, are probably listening to this in horror, just like, how does this happen so often in your country? And the answer is we don't know. Yeah. I think the thing that always makes me more, I mean, of course I'm sad for every victim. I'm sad, you know, I'm feeling a lot of emotions around that. But I think the thing that makes me personally feel even worse is that like, I mean, of course, I've I have plenty of friends who work on the Hill. Like I've called my congressman, you know, I've done all those things. But like beyond that, it's not up to us, unfortunately. Like all we can do is vote for the people who then make these choices. And unfortunately, they're not making the choices we need them to make. Not at all. And like, I feel helpless because all I I've done all I can do. You know, you could throw as much money at it, you know, donating to the families and stuff when that's important. But like, I just have felt so helpless these last couple of days. Same. Because same. beyond calling my congressmen and, you know, my senators, I just feeling like I don't know what else to do. Do you have faith in your congressmen and your senators, though, in Virginia? No. 
I live in a, well, let's put it this way. Virginia as a whole state can go blue, but I live in a red county. So my congressman, no. My senators, maybe, but like, it's not like I'm in a very decidedly blue place or, you know, I'm not. Um, Texas politics might be a little bit more in the forefront than other states. I don't really know, but it is a clusterfuck and that there's really no better way to phrase it. I don't have faith in any of our elected officials, any, uh, Ted Cruz is still planning to speak at the NRA convention this weekend in Houston, NRA being the national rifle association. Greg Abbott said he's kind of in between. He's uh, kind of evaluating it on stupid. I don't understand how you anyway. Yeah, he's That's still he's still on a day by day basis, but knowing Greg Abbott, he will probably go. But yeah. um, I don't know if you saw on TV yesterday, but they had a briefing in Uvalde, and um, Greg Abbott's coming up for reelection, I think this year. Um, and Better Work is running against him again. I'm just I'm explaining this out for our listeners who are not in the states, but Better Work is running against him, and Beto crashed the press conference. Yeah, I saw that. Um, it probably wasn't his best moment because I think he definitely took a horrible tragedy and tried to make it about himself. However, he wasn't wrong in his message. Yeah. He wasn't wrong that yeah. something needs to change. Yeah. I, like I said, my senators, yes, because they're definitely blue, you know, Democrats. You know, mm-hmm. I do have a little more faith in Tim Kaine and Mark like I do, but not my congressman. I don't because it's I mean, I haven't looked him up on the NRI website, but I'm sure he's there. I'm sure he's there. Yeah. And I mean, I think regardless of where you fall on the gun control debate, and we're not going to get super political, don't worry. Regardless of where you fall, I think we can all agree on the fact that something has to be done. Something has to be done. Something more has to be done. It doesn't have to be a fix all. You don't have to fix it all in one one go. Just do something. There is no reason for an 18 year old kid to purchase a gun. 18 year olds do not know what they're doing. Yeah. In any aspect. Yeah. Especially not an automatic weapon like right. that. It, it needs to be harder to get a gun. I don't know about this whole country, but at least in the state of Texas, it needs to be harder to get a gun. There's no reason for an 18-year-old to be purchasing a weapon. 18-year-olds don't even know how to function. They can't even like cook their own food, never mind operate a weapon. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and permitless carry that we have. I mean, that's ridiculous too. There's conflicting reports right now about what happened outside the school, whether he was confronted by law enforcement, whether he wasn't. But I feel like if you see somebody with a weapon walking outside of an elementary school, that should give you all the probable cause in the world to- Wait, You guys have permitless carry? Oh yeah. Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah. So there is blood on Greg Abbott's hands. I said it, I said it. I mean, I-, I I don't think Beto's execution was perfect yesterday, but I think there is blood on the governor's hands. Um, yeah, it, it's awful. And every time it happens, it just makes me sicker to my stomach than the time before it. Yep. Because again, you, we feel so helpless. I, I'm with you on that, Brenna. Yeah. I'm helpless. like I said, there's only so, I mean, I it's up to them, unfortunately. And it sucks that it's up to them to really make change. I mean, we can do our part by voting. We can do our part by, you know, being involved in the legislative process as much as we can. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, when it comes down to the actual making of the laws and the things that are actually going to change the system, it comes down to these people that we've elected. And 
this bill's been sitting on the floor for how many years? Yeah. Two, two and a half. Yep. And it's just like, okay. I, you know, assisting the families and, and donating to fundraisers with families that's being reactive and that's fine, but right. I don't, it's not going to the- stop another one of these from happening. Exactly. I don't and I think that's the- great. Like I said, I think that's mm-hmm. great. And I think it's important to help the families who un- didn't ask for this and, you know, are going to be suffering for a long time. But like I said, it's not going to stop another one of these from happening. Exactly. Exactly. I don't understand and, why the people in power, the people who have the ability to be proactive won't. Yeah. I don't understand. Children's lives are literally depending on it. Everyone's lives. Yep. Because yep. the next time it's going to be a high school, the next time it's going to be a college, the next time it's going to be a temple that, you know, they're all these places that we've seen, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to have lived my life and worked so hard to get where I am only to go out buying groceries at the wrong time. Right. I don't want to go pray at synagogue and be like, oh, I got, you know, because I went to go pray, I'm going to then end up dying. Doesn't make sense. No. Doesn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, obviously, I mean, our... our our thoughts are with Uvalde. And I, I can't, I hesitate to say that when people are like, oh, my thoughts and prayers are with them. Like, I hate that because every time I hear it, I cringe and I want to like punch the person who said it, but no, but I don't think I, yeah, I think it, that phrase thoughts and prayers has become kind of a hollow phrase in the last couple of years. But I Mm -hmm. think the sentiment that we're thinking of people and, you know, I, I don't think that is, I don't know exactly the word I'm looking for, but I don't think that's wrong to say that we're thinking of them. I know on Wednesday, the day of the finales, just during the day, I mean, thinking about it, um, I'm in front of news all the time and I am in the state of Texas, which means it was, it's everywhere, every second of every moment of every day. There is no other news right now. Yeah. That is it. Uh, I know I got, I had like just a pit in my stomach on Wednesday, just thinking like, I don't really want to see Voight with a gun tonight. Yeah. I don't really want to. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even on Tuesday night, they pulled the FBI finale mm-hmm. because of, I don't know exactly what was supposed to be in that particular episode, but obviously it had to relate to guns and that. So they've pulled it unclear right at this moment of recording on when they're going to air it or if they're going to air it. I would assume because it's a finale, they will at some point, but mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, and, and it's just, it's so, it's so contradictory, right? Because on Wednesday, I was like, I don't really want to see Boyd with a gun tonight. I don't really want to deal with this. But then while one Chicago Wednesday was going on, I was just like, this is actually kind of a nice escape from the doom scrolling. Yeah. It was something about being in that moment. And then we were on FaceTime with our friends for another hour that like, it was nice to not, which sounds terrible to say, but it was nice to not think about it for a little bit. For four hours. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing we can say that's going to make it okay. We could just talk about it, which, you know, it's what we're here for. If you have feelings and you can't share them anywhere else, email us. Yep. We'll talk to you. Always. Always. We love that stuff. Uh, I, we, we had to address it. There's, it would, it would have just been a big elephant in the room otherwise. So, um, yeah, I know the Bidens are headed there, I think, this weekend. Um, I saw that Meghan Markle was there. Meghan yeah. Markle was out there today. Yeah, 
It's 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 a very small town, just west of San Antonio, in between San yeah. Antonio and the Mexican border, and just yeah, uh, yeah. horrible. Ugh. Um. With that said, I, I I feel like we need to move into the episodes, but like, how do you? Yeah, I know there's that? no good transition there's from no good transition. that to there's episodes. No. Uh, okay, so let's start with this med finale. And um, what I will say about this med finale is that it was the best of the three. It was really good. <laughs> I was really shocked, but it was really good. I this was the only one that felt like a finale. Yeah, there was like it answered the questions, and then it set up more things for next season like it was really good mm-hmm. it did, yeah yeah okay so let's start off with dylan he got the first scene that's how this works um and dylan and melena are this isn't even an apartment they're in will's like shack it's will's such a shithole construction project yeah when Will said that, like, only one apartment was actually ready, he really meant that only one apartment was actually ready. Oh, he meant it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty shitty. Um, uh, yeah. And yet it would probably be, like, $2,000 to rent in Los Angeles or something. Probably. <laughs> That's probably 2000 to rent in Chicago. Who knows? Uh, so that, yeah, Will's building is not looking great. It's not no. great. Melana's leaving town. I refuse to call her Joe. She's Melana. No, she's Melana. She will she's always Milena. be Melana, not yeah. Joe. So she's leaving town and, you know, they're just being all like, you know, oh, you're going to catch the bus. Like, oh, okay. Mm, I'm going to miss you. That kind of stuff. And Melana basically is like, okay, well, Dylan, you trust your dad, right? And Dylan's like, yeah, of course. And Melana basically gives every single thing she has to Dylan to give to him. It's the case on the cartel is basically the gist. So at the hospital, Dylan gets his patient. Her name's Donna. She is an alcoholic with end-stage liver failure. Um, and she's dying. And she's working, the, or Dylan's working the case with Maggie. But, like, the fact that she's dying is not registering. She's rambling. She doesn't really have capacity. So Dr. Charles is like, well, it's clear as day. She doesn't have capacity. So, Dylan, you're in charge. Cool. Yeah. So she has one daughter. The daughter's flying in. And the Donna, she has the surgery and everything. And her daughter finally arrives. And so Dylan and Dr. Charles are like, well, we'll give you a moment alone with her expecting, you know, a big long goodbye. And instead they get a theater monologue. Essentially. This sounds like a monologue I would have given in high school theater. I've never, I didn't think about it like that, but now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, and like real loud for everyone to hear. And I get it in that moment. The daughter is, you know, there's a lot going through her head. Yeah, She's in her feelings and she's getting out everything she's ever wanted to say to, you know, her mom who's hurt her her entire life. Yeah. But also this is a monologue I would give in high school theater. Um, Yeah. I did enjoy the moment though when Dylan like turns around to go back in and Dr. Charles is like, I think we just need to give her a minute. Don't you think? Like, yeah, gonna let her get it out. Let her get it out. Well, the daughter eventually comes back and, you know, she's finally saying goodbye to her mother and everything. And uh, Maggie's just kind of like surprised. And Dylan says, he's like, I've seen this before. Like, no matter how bad the parent is, the kid can't stand the thought of losing them. Um, and it kind of parallels what's going on with Vanessa and Maggie, but we'll get into that. That's the thing with, since it's a finale, literally every single character had something going on separately. I was going to say, that's be if I had to say something that, 
I didn't like about the finale is it felt like there was so much happening. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been nice if like one of these storylines was not there because it was just otherwise a lot. But I but, get it. You know, yeah, you I mean, yeah set it's a finale. Up. It's yeah, I, I get it. But like it was just it was a lot. Okay, so this is where this is where shit gets real in the last five minutes. Okay, so Dylan goes to check on Milena. This is right after. So Will and Hannah have just had a scene on their side of the apartment, and they're we'll like, there. "We'll get there." But like, I want you to I want you to know the setup, even though you probably yes. already watched it. But like, we just got done with this scene where Will's just like, "Ha ha, we're having a fresh start. Now we're gonna have ramen. We're so cute." And we go to Dylan and Milena's, and uh. Yeah. So Dylan's like, I just couldn't let you leave. Like not without telling you. And the fire alarm goes off. But what I don't understand, can we, before you finish setting it up, I really don't understand Dylan's feelings for Milena. I still don't get, I still don't get it. It really confuses me. He's like having this dramatic moment. Like she's about to go off forever it's not like she's coming back like she's going changing her name like all that shit right it's not like she's just going for a little bit and planning to come back no she's gone and he's like I couldn't let you leave without telling you I'm sure he was gonna say I love you I'm sure he was but I don't understand I don't understand why he feels this way I'm I'm with you I still don't get it and I mean at this point okay she's gone I'm assuming she's gone we'll get there I guess but like Jesus yeah yeah so this is our finale cliffhanger so the fire alarm starts going off and he's like do you smell smoke and she's like yeah i do out of nowhere and again this has been like two seconds since we last saw will there's a knock at the door dylan opens it it's will will's like the building's on fire we gotta get get out out. (laughs) (laughs) um just he said it so casually i just i'm like you were just having ramen with hannah like how did this happen yeah how yeah this is, this is Will Halstead luck right here is what this is. Yep. Uh, okay. So more about the Will part of it in a minute, but okay. So the building's on fire. Will's like, we got to go. And so Dylan and Melina are like, we got to get our shit. Like, let's, let's get yeah. the hell out of here yeah. first. So they're gathering all their stuff and cartel guy shows up. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name. It's the guy who realized that they were making out a couple episodes ago. Yeah. I mean, he had to have been the one to set the fire, right? Yeah. I'm assuming so. Of all the ways to like cause a distraction. I really thought though, and maybe this is just, I really thought it was going to be a combination of Dylan and Milena shit and also Will's Vascom being threatened that whole situation. I thought we were going to end up in some like epic shootout between the Vascom terrorizers and the mob people and like all going down at Will's apartment building. That's really what I thought was going to go down. This was cool, but like, you know, I was something a little more epic, but like the fire's fine. Fire's fine. Okay. So cartel guy shows up and Dylan's like, oh no, you don't. He goes all ninja. They fight. There's a gunshot. Okay. Cartel guy is shot. Um, and Dylan's like, I we I got to deal with this. Go, Melina, just leave. Go, I've got this. And Dylan so as- of all people would, he's like, this guy's literally coming after me, but I'm gonna save his life in the middle of a fire. Like that is Dylan Scott. In I think a tea. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be really lucky if he escapes from this unscathed because like it's just like Goodwin said. Like remember, the coat you wear is white now. Like. You got to pick because if you're trying to be a, a doctor and a cop at the same time, it's going to bite you. And if he doesn't get hurt in this, he's going to have gotten off so lucky. 
But don't you think that him going back to say, I mean, doubling back to save the guy's life is more of the Dr. Dylan than cop Dylan? Yeah, it is Dr. Dylan. But uh, well, I, yeah, I'm like, what's the alternative? It's like they leave him there to bleed out and burn and then you've got a cruise and Flacco situation. Yeah, I think him going back is very much Dr. All my words, Dr. Dylan situation. I think that makes all the sense in the world because like a doctor is not going to leave someone there if they know they're alive. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone, I don't think a cop or firefighter would either, but like definitely not a doctor. Yeah, yeah. So so as Melena's leaving, she runs the corner and we realize she got shot too, somehow in like the exact same spot. My understanding and I rewatched it. I was trying to pay attention. So Dylan is fighting the cartel guy, right? The cartel guy has a gun. I think yeah. Dylan, I think Dylan or slash the cartel guy accidentally shot her. Hmm. Just the way that he fights the hand. And there's like a sequence where Dylan takes the guy's hand and like turns it under. Mm-hmm. I think she accidentally got shot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was Dylan or the cartel guy, but I think it was during that fight. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so she leaves and she leaves like a bloody handprint or something on like the rail or something. So Dylan's dealing with all of this and Will doubles back. And the he the way he says this so casually, it shouldn't crack me up, but it cracks me up. He's like, I heard gunfire. <laughs> like, never mind the fact that like, you're I million- heard gunfire. Are you okay? And it's like, no shit, we're not okay, but there's also a fire going on. So what the fuck? <laughs> Like, never mind the fact that your million dollar investment is crumbling to the ground, but you know, probably when there is gunfire, you're usually not okay. Right. Usually not okay. But just the way he said it so casually, completely unfazed. I'm like, oh, I heard gunfire. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Just like it, like it's a normal everyday occurrence, which I can understand being an ER doctor, but also, you know. Right. Mm. Um, yeah, so they, you know, will will help still and get the guy out, and they're gonna go down one stairwell, and flames pop up, and he's like, "No, we're gonna go down the back stairwell." Flames pop up there, so they're completely surrounded by fire, and we get like the Chicago Med version of the "This is fine" meme. Yep, and and that's Your our side by side comparison of that was hysterical. Spot on, right? It's yeah, this is fine. Yeah, this is fine. But even then, okay, like this is obviously the most dramatic cliffhanger of the all three of them that we got mm-hmm. but honestly i'm not worried about them at all me neither i'm like someone from 51 is gonna come save the day it's fine yeah yeah and even if i mean i will doesn't have the wherewithal to you know we've already talked about how like, he probably doesn't know what he's doing i don't think he would know what to do in a fire i bet dylan probably would i think dylan probably would as a also having had the experience as a cop yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I also really hope Will has good property insurance. Did he even have chance to get property insurance? Because I know. Yeah, I hope he was working with a lawyer on the purchase of this building. Jesus, he better have. Having gone, poor through, guy. having been on the other side of a apartment fire, it's not fun to deal with the other side once it happens. It's so- no. I just that is such that is such a thing to happen to Will Halstead. Like. Puts his ass on the line, gets the settlement money, tries to do something meaningful with it, and it burns away. Yep. Literally. <laughs> literally Poor burns guy. away. Oh, Not I even really figuratively. Literally. Literally. I hope he saved some of it. And I hope he has good insurance. And I hope he was able to pay off his student loans before he bought the building. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
So we got some listener thoughts on this. Uh, Jess B said, I was a little surprised we didn't see more of Milena, to be, to be honest, but I think Same. we all saw the ending coming regardless. Question go, though, did the guy with the gun also set the fire? And then she said, RIP Will's apartment building. Or do we think someone from Vascom possibly did it to try and keep Will from testifying? I didn't think of that. That's what I'm saying is I kind of, well, I don't know. It's tricky. Did someone, and it just so coincidentally happened to be at the same time that the mob guy was also there and the two just kind of collided or was it all the mob guy? I don't know. I could see it being a little bit of both because if I remember correctly, what didn't, wasn't Matt the one who mentioned Will? Like, oh, hey, congrats on being a landlord. Yes. So Matt knew, Matt knew about it. Mm-hmm. So there's your motive. Yeah. Ooh. I like that theory. That's a good one. She said, it would be a massive coincidence, but this is TV. And I don't think we got too many trial mentions over the last few episodes for no reason. (laughs) But oh my God, William and Dylan trapped in a burning building until next season. Very rude. Yeah. Uh, She also said, you know what would be awesome, but we absolutely won't get if we open next season with a three-way crossover with fire rescuing Dylan and Will, then med treating Milena, and then PD coming in to work out who the dirty cop is. It would be so good after not having crossovers for the last couple seasons, but fire and PD have their own stuff they need to pick up with. That would be cool. It would be cool. It's not going to happen. I think we get a fire uh, appearance, I would hope, Mm -hmm. of someone coming to save I hope we don't get random firefighters coming to say Will and Dylan. That would suck. I could see but it though. I know. I know. Hopefully next season though, we'll be a little more, ed- we'll hopefully be in a better place with crossovers and having <laughs> characters pop up. So hope fingers crossed it could be someone from fire, but yeah, I would, I would love, I think it does set it itself up really nicely for a crossover, but like, it's not going to happen in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what fan fiction is for. Yeah. I'm excited to see all the fix that are going to pop up this summer. Yeah. Someone go write that one. Yeah, please. All right. Next up, we've got Goodwin and Dr. Charles, these two besties. Bryna, take it away. Okay. So it's Goodwin's birthday. Who knew? Who knew? Um, Yeah. So she is having a little shindig, a little get together dinner thing, which is where all those promo photos come from. It was not a donor dinner. It makes way more sense now. But yeah, so of course, Dr. Charles is invited and Anna and Lonnie are also invited. Um, And so they're talking, like you said, two besties having a little chat. And Dr. Charles tells her that he still hasn't told Anna about Lonnie yet. And Goodwin's like, what are you doing? Like, why not? And he's like, I'll tell her, I'll tell her, I'll tell her this afternoon. It'll be fine. So he does finally tell Anna about Lonnie. And it's just that it's fine. Like, She's happy. At first, she's a little confused. She's like, how can your therapist be your girlfriend at the same time? But, like, if he, basically, she's along the lines of, like, if you're happy, I'm happy. Like, she didn't really have any too, too big feelings about it other, any, you know, any other way. So then, Dr. Charles takes this as, like, and he kind of freaks out and ends up breaking up with Lonnie. Out of nowhere. Yeah. He's like, and she is very taken aback by it. She's so confused. And I think we're all really confused. And basically he's like, well, you know too much. You were my therapist and yada, yada, yada. And Lonnie does not handle it that great. Nope. Because it is, it's really random. Yep. And there's something else going on, but nobody, I mean, I don't know why. 
I mean, I get, I get Dr. Charles's logic though. He's like, you know me too well. And I mean, I, I get that. I get that. Right. But where has that been? Where's that concern been for the last couple of episodes then? Great question. It seemed like it came out of left field. I understand that logic and I think the logic makes sense, mm-hmm. but it seems like you were happy for the last three or four episodes. So what, a, why now? Yeah. It just seems yeah. a little weird. Um. But anyway, so we go to Goodwin's fancy birthday dinner and they're at some fancy, I think that's a real place in Chicago. Um, I need to know where that is because it's gorgeous. I think I saw someone tweet about it, but I don't remember if you guys know, let us know. Yeah, because we want to go have drinks there. Fancy like rooftop, uh, not rooftop, yeah, like top floor restaurant with a great view of the city. And Anna trips getting off the elevator, which we'll talk about in two seconds. But, um, cause that does become important, but yeah, so they're enjoying dinner or whatever. And all of a sudden Tara's water breaks. Cause of course it does. Of course it does. Because you are on Chicago med and nobody can have a simple run of the mill dinner. There yeah. always has to be a medical emergency. Yeah. So they're of course like, well, okay, well, we've got to take her to the hospital. And of course, like Anna trips getting off the elevator cause the elevator is broken. So now, of course, now, all of a sudden, 30 minutes later, they have a tech to fix the elevator, and they say it's going to take hours to fix it. How did they get a technician so fast? Right. Right. I don't understand. And hours, like, don't you think that they would have handled this in a morning when traffic's not so crazy? Yeah. Oh, also, there is only one elevator. No that stairs. I can see. Only that, one elevator. Yeah, that I How can see. How do you see. not have stairs, though? That seems like a fire hazard. That high up? I don't know. But but also, even if there are stairs, she can't take them. She's nine months pregnant. I know, but someone could have, like, carried her down these stairs. I don't know. Theoretic, I mean, you know, like, I get that she's not walking down however many flights of stairs, but you would think that someone could, I don't know. Anyway, so basically, Goodwin goes into boss mode and, you know, handles the shit and delivers her grandbaby with no problem. Hell yeah. Oh my God. She totally takes control. And I love that how she's like, I've brought hundreds of babies into this world. Like I'm doing this. Yeah. She's like, I got this. No big deal. Yeah. So yeah. And by the end, Anna is a little freaked out, but she's like, okay, that was also kind of cool. And you know, it just kind of ends. And, but Tara and the baby are healthy. Goodwin's great. Dr. Charles and Anna are good. So yeah, that's kind of where we end things with them. I'm telling you, that was my only requirement of finale night was that everybody was good and safe. So as the shows went on and I was ticking people off, I was like, they're safe, they're safe, they're safe. I was fine. Yeah. Um, we did get one listener thought. Jess B said, I'm low-key glad Goodwin's daughter's birth was fairly easy and wholesome, all things considered. Not an ideal place, and LOL at the one elevator in and out of the place being out of commission, but at least it all went well and we got more nurse Goodwin, which I'm always here for. Same. Yeah. Same. True story. True story. Yeah. So we've also got Vanessa. Vanessa had some stuff going on in this episode. Again, where every single character had something going on because we gotta yep. set them up for next season. So Vanessa's in the ED on her day off. Again, this kind of ties into the Dylan story a little bit, but um, she's basically just like chasing Maggie around. She's like, did you find my dad yet? Did you find my dad yet? Like, how about now? How about now? Well, the thing with Donna, the patient happens and we cut to Millennium Park and Maggie and Vanessa are there and Vanessa gets to meet her biological father. Yeah. 
I which think, I didn't expect was going to happen. I didn't think we were going to get to meet him that easy. No. And I think the one thing I wish would have happened is because Maggie was so afraid of contacting him and seeing what he was going to say, mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen the scene where she contacted him for the first time and like what his initial reaction was and all that stuff. Yeah. Especially because Maggie had been so afraid of what that first talking to would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, that was, it felt missing for me, but yeah. Um, yeah. I guess the dad's going to be a big part of next season. I don't know. I don't know. My only hope is that they don't make him a psycho. Oh yeah. That would be nice. Please don't. I have a feeling though, if he is, it's going to stir up Maggie and Ben drama mm-hmm. because of Maggie being like, I'm so afraid of all these feelings that are going to come back once I see him and yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. I have a feeling they're setting up Maggie relationship drama. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's a really, really awkward hug when Grant meets Vanessa for the first time. It's real awkward. He's just like, like the slow motion arms and just like, I don't know. It was a very awkward moment, but I'm glad we got it. I'm glad we got to meet him. I didn't think, I didn't think they were going to give him to us that easily. Yeah. Like I said, I just, I thought one scene was missing, but it was good. It was a good little moment. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 And Jess B also sent us one on this. She said, Vanessa finally met her bio dad and it wasn't a total shit show. I'm so happy for her. That scene was really sweet. It was. Yeah, it was. And it wasn't a total shit show. That, that, that is surprising. No, but you want to know what was a shit show? Crockett and Dr. Yeah, Blake. Because that was a real shit show. Oh, a big old shit show. Jesus. This is <laughs> honestly, I could have, once we were in this, I could have predicted this coming but this was really bad. Really bad. This is this is bad. Yeah. Um. So it starts off with Crockett. So it's a Sunday. I don't. I don't know why that feels like that's important. But it's a Sunday, and Doctor Abrams is coming in to do Doctor Blake's surgery, and Crockett stops in, and Abrams is like, "You mind?" And clearly, like he doesn't know anything that's going on with their relationship whatsoever. Doc, just, just like. Dr. Abrams for president, please. I love him so much. We really got to try and get him on the pod. He like, that, that would be fun. So funny. He's just so blunt. Like he's like, Dr. Blake, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, yeah. Um, so basically Abrams is like, cool. Okay. We're ready. Like, you know, get your gown on and we're going to get going. So he leaves and Dr. Blake hands Crockett this document and as we find out a little bit later, which I mean, it kind of seemed obvious. We don't find out in this exact moment, but we do find out later. It ends up being her power of attorney, which is like Dude. crazy. Dude. Dude. Like, I, mean, I get it. I get it. It's one thing, right? Like you trust his medical opinions. Like you have a lot of faith in him as a doctor that feelings for her aside, he's going to do the right thing for her. If there were to be some complications, I get it. But at the same time, you this is your boyfriend. I don't even know if they label it, whatever. You've been seeing this guy for what, like three or four months and mm-hmm. you're already trusting him with your power of attorney? I mean, granted, she's the one who's mentored him, right? And he does have the skill set. He has the knowledge. But by, pa- by placing him as power of attorney, you're essentially telling Avery that your career is more important than your family. Yeah. Yeah, it's a definitely a big fuck you to Avery. Oh, it's a huge fuck you to Avery. Yeah. Even though she may not intend it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, speaking of Avery, so 
Avery shows up and she and Crockett have this like kind of a little bit of an awkward, nice moment. And, you know, things are okay. I mean, they'll never be perfect between the two of them, but like they're as good as they're going to get. And she's like, you know, it's not like you and I had a thing. I mean, should have though. Yeah, you should have. You kind of, you had some flirty things going on, but like you really should have had the thing, but I'll never get over it. Me neither. Me neither. We were robbed. We were very robbed. We were very robbed. But anyway, so all of a sudden Abrams comes out and Crockett's like, that's fast. And Abrams like, yeah, well, we ran into some problems. Basically, there's an issue with the bleeding. And so there's a couple of options. One is risky, but would save the motor function in her hands. And the other is like a safer option, but there's a risk of a small stroke. So basically... Abrams is talking to Avery because they both assume that Avery has the decision making capabilities and that's who, you know, that Dr. Blake is trusted. So, and they're definitely leaning one way. And then, but Crockett pulls out the basically an Uno reverse card and is like, actually, it's my choice. Also, like, you probably should have led with that, that like, hey, your mom gave me power of attorney just in case of anything. Yeah. He probably shouldn't have just waited until it happened. You probably should have told her when you were having that nice moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, obviously Crockett got stuck in the middle here, but I mean, yeah. I would be outraged. Like, I would go full scorched earth if, like, if you're telling me my mom's in surgery and all of a sudden my decision-making capability has been stripped and it's going to some guy that, like, I barely know. Oh, my God. Scorched earth. Yeah. Yeah, and she's pissed. She's basically, I mean, because Crockett's going with a safer option, and like I said, Avery and Abrams were leaning towards a different option. So she's basically just like, I hope you know what you're doing. So Abrams, stupidly, the only stupid thing Dr. Abrams has ever done, lets Crockett into the gallery <laughs> to watch the surgery, which is like such a dumb move. Oh, my God. And he basically will not shut the fuck up. He oh, my goodness. Every little thing. I need. Can you show me this? I need to make a comp, you know. I can't see this as it's happening, blah, blah, blah. What about this, 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 this? It's just like, oh my God, Crockett, shut up. I love you, but like, he, shut he, the fuck he up. He Adam Ruzik, he Adam Ruzik everywhere. Mm-hmm. Went in with the best intentions and fucked shit up. Yeah, yeah. So surgery goes well, or it seems to have, but they're in her room and, you know, Dr. Abrams is testing out her kind of basic functions and she can't put her finger to her nose. She keeps putting it like right to the side. And she's like, I didn't have this issue before. Like, what the fuck? And Abram's like, well, may seem like you've had a small stroke. And she's like, you know, and she's talking about her. Pamela's talking about her options. She's like, well, didn't you try to repair it first? Nope. Nope. And so she is pissed. She's just like, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to me? And yeah, that's kind of where we leave things. I mean, Crockett explains, he's like, this was the safer option. But then she even says real low. She's like, if I can't operate, what was the point? Yeah. What was the point? And then like Avery's crying. She's crying. And Crockett's like, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not good. No. Not good. I'm curious though. Okay. So given how we leave things, I definitely think Sarah Rafferty's leaving the show mm-hmm. in total. But do you think we see her in the season eight premiere? premiere? I think we could. And then it would probably be something where at the end, she's like, I'm leaving to go to this like spine rehab, rehab. whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But like also, and I know Crockett is the one to blame in this situation, right? But if I think about everything in context in the season as a whole and just what Crockett's been through and since we known him, I'm also just like, damn, like someone else is going to leave Crockett behind. I mean, but even so, I mean, saying that Crockett fucked up, it, it's, it's, it's almost not really fair, right? Like she put in, she put a stupid amount of pressure on him, right? Yeah, and she, I mean, it's not like he fucked up on purpose. I mean, he picked what he would have picked for anyone, his wife, his kids. I mean, like I have a, like no doubt, like Crockett would have picked that situation for anyone. Mm-hmm. He would have yeah. picked the same option. It's not well, just because it was Pamela. I think she was trusting him to make like the medical, logical, like professional decision. Right. And he kind of thought was his heart a little bit more. He went with his heart a little bit more. He made the decision more based on feelings. Yeah. But no, it just, and like I said, I, but to them, it looks like to them, they think Crockett fucked up to like Pamela and Avery. They're like, you fucked up. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is just now looking back about it. I was thinking about it last night. I was like, Man, if she does really leave and we've kind of ended now again with someone else leaving Crockett behind, I'm just like, damn. Damn indeed. I'm like, what is Crockett up to next year then? I know. I know. We're dude. Yeah. It could get, I mean, it depends on how far they want to go with it too, because we were talking about this last night. Like, she could go so far as to sue him if she really wanted to. Potentially, potentially. Um, I mean, she gave consent to, okay, so she, I'm, I'm thinking this through. She gave consent to Abrams, so there's no, like, medical battery or anything like that. And she did put her faith in Crockett, but I wonder if there's some sort of cause of action where she could sue him for, like, lost wages or something. Because, you know, he made a decision that yeah resulted in her not being able to, potentially not being able to operate. Maybe, but, yeah, it it's tough. Yep. Um, but Jess B said, hands up. Who's surprised that Blake giving POA to Crockett ended badly? No one? Yeah, that's what I thought. As soon as I saw that, I was like, here we go. It's such a pet peeve for me when people do that and just trust the other person to know what they would want instead of, you know, actually talking through all the possibilities. I do think Crockett chose with his heart over his head, though. He had to know Blake wouldn't be happy if anything impacted her surgical skills. Feel for Avery, though. Finding out mid surgery that your parent chose someone else to make such a big decision is harsh big time yeah yep 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 yeah i do agree with her point though that like you would think especially it's not like you've been together for that long or anything or even just known each other for that long you would think in that kind of situation you would have you would have given him poa but like voiced what you wanted yeah yeah exactly Uh, yeah communication comes down to everything on these one chicago ships yep Moving into William, 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 your favorite. I mean, I mean, it's not a lie. It's not a lie. Um, it's the hair. It's the hair. Yeah. <laughs> so we start the web. The, the, I, I was about to say Will and episode. And I said, what episode? Um, we start the episode and Goodwin and Will are doing trial prep. Good. Or Will's favorite. You know, you know how much he loves all this. <laughs> and so um Goodwin's like well you sound like you're ready and he's like I'm ready to get this over with that's for sure big mood will big mood yeah as soon as he said that especially because obviously we didn't know what was to come in the finales I was like yep get these finales over with we're done I'm ready let's go yeah get it get it out of the way just get it done like yeah done so um yeah and so they have this nice little moment here where Goodwin says this 
I'm not a lawyer, but it sounds like you're ready for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm ready to get it over with, that's for sure. There's a lot of people who aren't happy I'm testifying. I'm sorry, Dr. Halstead. When I asked you to take this on, I didn't fully account for the stress It's a good one. I'm not complaining. I should probably get downstairs. My shift's starting soon. All right. Well, I'll call you tomorrow after my testimony's over with. Let you know how it went. Oh, that won't be necessary. I'll be in the gallery watching for myself. Ms. Goodwin, you don't... You think I'd abandon you in the home stretch? Uh-uh. We're seeing this through together. These two have come so far. Did Goodwin and Will just... I mean, they were already in a good place, but this is like bestie level. I know. It's I was so like, crazy. whoa. Now the real test will be, can it continue in season eight? I'm sure Will will do something to fuck it up. Yeah, I'm like, is it only going to go up from here or is it going to go up and then down? Yeah, up and then down, yeah. I did think that was sweet, though. She's like, we're going down together. Like, yeah. All these years, he has worked so hard for Goodwin's approval, and he finally got it. For now. I'm sure there will be a moment next season where Goodwin's like, last year we made so much headway, I was really starting to trust you, and then you went ahead and screwed it all up again. We will definitely have a moment like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Will's patient is a kidney donor to her boyfriend. She's going to donate a kidney to her boyfriend. Will thinks she has a UTI, which like, of course it's not because it never is. Uh, So the boyfriend finds Will and he's like, should she donate at all? And Will's like, what don't I know here? And the guy's like, I'm going to break up with her. Yikes. So he asks Hannah to consult on it and they disagree. So Hannah says that the girlfriend, Julia, has every single right to know and Will wants to do the surgery regardless. Will's like, no, like, get, take the kidney, take the kidney. Hannah's like, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Sorry, well, I got to go with Hannah on this one. Yeah, like, if she still wanted to do the surgery after she learned all the facts, then that's up to her. And, you know, whatever, do the surgery then. I don't care. But, like, yeah, you can't just, like, think, oh, yeah, I'm going to break up with her. But I'm going to wait till after I get what I want from it. That's so fucked up. That is so fucked up and once again i stand hannah asher this boundary setting queen who is like you don't get to do that you dumbass yeah boundary setting queen okay so while they're talking about this and having this conversation i just couldn't help but think because you know how these are always structures that they kind of mimic the doctor's lives like the parallels we're supposed to be drawing to will and hannah here when hannah's like oh it's gratitude it's not love like, I can't help but they're trying to imply that she doesn't love him. Because she doesn't. Right, exactly. She's like, thank you for, you know, saving my life and getting that's- me through rehab and everything, but I, I, that's it. I don't love you. Yeah, I mean, I think back then it was definitely maybe they thought it was love, but obviously, clearly it's not. And that's not to say it can't be there in the future, but we're talking about right now, this moment, it's not love. No. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, yeah, and I found it interesting how, you know, Hannah had said something. She was like, well, if Owen can't promise eternal love, I was like, so obviously that's Hannah in this situation, right? What about not promising eternal love? Eternal love, yeah. That's got to be Hannah. Yes. I hope she doesn't break Will's heart. She probably is, though. I think we got a long way to go. We're not close to them getting back together no no well i mean we got what we got in the finale was them basically like re like restarting They're starting over yeah yeah so you know it's something it's a start yeah so, but that's what they needed so but we'll get there big time okay. yeah 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 so 
Um, they update Julia and they basically just try to like one up each other. And Hannah's basically like, you know, you don't have to do this. And Will's just like, but it's such a great thing you're doing. They're just trying to like say what's going on without saying what's going on. Yeah. So then Hannah runs Owen or Hannah runs into Owen at the gift shop and we get this exchange. I can't ever repay her, right? For what she's doing for me. But I just want her to know how grateful I am. You can't ever repay her, it's true. Giving someone your organ, it's not a transactional thing. Julia's doing it because she loves you. She believes that the two of you will build a life together. Yeah. Owen, are you having reservations about her donating? Okay, well, whatever you're feeling, you need to talk to her. Transplant surgery is a deep connection. It's a union of sorts. A piece of Julia will be with you forever. So that's exactly what we're implying is that Hannah's forever grateful to Will, but she doesn't love him. Of course. And I don't, I would have, I, if she did still say like, oh yeah, I still have all these feelings for him. I didn't talk to him in two years, but blah, 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 blah. Like I would just feel weird. Yeah. Especially with this new version of Hannah Asher. It would feel weird. Yeah. So I guess it's not like an absolute like hell no. It's like maybe not now. Wait, say that again. So maybe, maybe it's not like a hard and fast, like, hell no, I, I don't love you. That's it. Maybe it's just like a, you know, not now. Maybe they'll learn. Maybe they'll find their way back to each other. I don't know. I mean, I don't care one way or the other. I, I liked them as a couple. I'm not attached. Um, I didn't like them as a couple back then. I'm not opposed to the idea now. I definitely think right now it is not love. I don't think it should be anything close to that right now. But like, I, I'm not saying that it can't be, but right now mm-hmm. it's no. Yeah. Yeah. So they both go back into the ED and Owen broke up with Julia. He did. He did it. He did the thing, but he did the right thing. He did the right thing, but she's still going through with it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. She is a bigger person than any of us. Better person than I will ever be. Holy crap. Big time. Um, And she just says, she's like, I'm doing this to save your life. And she's like, I'll see you at 6am. Like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, she's like, that's the whole reason I was doing it in the first place. Like, I still want to. Yeah, yeah. So then back at Will's apartment, or Hannah's apartment in Will's building, um, they talk. The window is officially unstuck. If you're a normal handyman, I'd tip you. But it might feel a little weird. It all feels a little weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Worst meet cute in history. I was ODing and you narcanned me. Well, we could try starting fresh. Like, we never met? Yeah. New neighbors. Hi. Hannah Asher. Will Halstead. Uh, care to join me for a cup of ramen, neighbor? Only if you can spare another. There's no way Will knew how to fix that window. No, I was dying at Will carrying a toolbox like he had any idea like he, what he knew what he was doing. Pretty sure the last time I saw him carry a toolbox was when he drilled holes in What's-His-Face's head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On his wedding day. Yeah, I forgot about that. The burr holes, yeah. Yeah. But no, Will, yeah. I, but I do agree. I think this was what we, like, going into a new season... 
you know, fresh start. You get all 22 episodes. Like, I think Hannah and Will definitely needed this, like, clean slate. The past is in the past. I can see you now for who you are and not what you used to be. Like, Mm -hmm. we're moving on. I think they need, this was definitely needed. Even if they don't ever become a romantic ship, which I highly doubt that they're going to become a romantic ship at some point. Of course. But they needed this regardless. Even if it was only going to remain friendship, they needed this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, big time. And I guess this means that Hannah's sticking around. Well, yeah, she was became a series regular. I would assume she's sticking around. I'm cool with it. I like it. So yeah, fresh start. That'll be good. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming she's okay firewise. She we're not just gonna like go down. Yeah, to I'm the assuming lobby she and... got out of the building. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't know, but I'm assuming so. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping so. Mm-hmm. What a twist. <laughs> that would be weird. So Jess B said, I kind of feel sorry for Will and Hannah's patient. Well, patience this week, the girl had a right to know that her boyfriend was going to break up with her, but imagining if I was in his position and possibly looking at not getting another transplant and dying, well, I can understand his hesitation, even if I don't agree with it. The little scene at the end in Hannah's apartment was cute though. And her place looks nice. Certainly better than Melena's. (laughs) Yeah. I hadn't even really honestly thought about like from the Owen perspective of like, you look at it and you're like, okay. I may, if I don't get this transplant now from Julia, mm-hmm. then I could, it already took me a while to find this one. Like I may not get one and that could mean I could end up dying. Like I didn't really think about it from that position, but yeah, mm-hmm. I could understand why he probably hesitated just even a smidge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he ultimately did the right thing by breaking up with her, but still I can understand now that I see it like that. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could understand his hesitation a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So, yep. 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 You got clowned on Ethan, by the way. I got so clown, but I'm glad. I'm so yeah, glad. I'm uh, I'm happy. I'm very excited for this. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, Archer. I'm excited. What? Who am what? I? What? Who what is am happening? I? I. Anyway, yeah, I'm glad, gladly be clowned for this. Yeah, glad. Ryan T is not leaving. That we know of. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, my that we know, that we know, that we know of, that we know of. As of the day after the finale, Brian T is not leaving. I was really, I really thought I was, and we were even going through this episode because they kept talking about Ethan's dad's ceremony and whatever. I really still thought that there was going to be a deadline article that dropped at nine oh one Eastern, and it was going to tell me that he was leaving. I really I felt that in my gut. I was with you. I was completely with you. Like the whole episode, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna, he's going to find a way to leave." Nope. Yeah. Clown mask. Insert here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah let's just dive into Ethan. So basically Ethan is talking to Archer in the beginning and he is, he's like, Oh yeah. Hey, you know, remember I have my dad's military committal ceremony and Archer is like, Oh yeah, I'm coming too. And it's like, wait, what? Nice. Archer being a good friend. What? Huh? What? What? What is this alternate universe I've entered? He knows how to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically Ethan and Archer end up working on this patient and the patient is attorney guy, Peter's son. And the whole time we really thought it was Arthur and it is not, it is Peter. I wish we had actual clown masks for this segment right here that we're talking about right now, because actual, we should maybe invest in some of those. We, we might need to, I think we probably should. I think that's, yeah, yeah. But Ooh, we- I can order them and they can get here by the time. Cause you're going to be here next week. So I can get them and we can, we can share. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Nobody I know you are. That, but 
As soon as my nails are not wet, I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, so basically, as we learned out, it is not Arthur, it is Peter. I could have sworn We're it was Arthur. We're never going to forget it. We're never going to forget it now. <laughs> I could have sworn it was Arthur. Yeah. But anyway, so their son um, hurt his knee playing lacrosse, and Peter is like, freaking out because he basically never wanted his son to play lacrosse anyway and yada 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 and it turns out to be a meniscus tear um and yeah like i said peter and peter's son they're having a big argument and archer ends up actually giving some decent advice to peter Mm -hmm. he's like you know sometimes the urge to protect can do more harm than good it's like wait who are you and what have you done with Archer? He has become a lot less abrasive lately. No, and I'm enjoying it. What changed it? Yeah. So again, like you said, all of these cases definitely paralleled what was going on in the doctor's lives. So mm-hmm. Ethan has a moment with Zach, Peter's son, and he talks to him about his dad and my dad, he died recently. And, uh, to be honest, the two of us didn't have the best relationship. Too many things went unsaid. I had a lot of built-up resentment. After my dad died, I learned some things that made me see him in a different light. Sometimes our parents say things and do things that make us angry that we don't understand until we can stand back a little and look at it differently. I think you know your pops isn't happy about your injury fact it's the opposite right he ain't seen you hurt that's why he struggles so much with you playing lacrosse he wants to protect you i really love seeing through this ethan storyline like that how he's not bitter about the whole situation he's really found a way to like come to peace with it yeah yeah, it's really good. How I mean, it, and we saw him reason through his feelings, right? At first, he was like, what the fuck? Why would you keep that from me? And then he's he's thought it through and he's like, okay, well, it was for this reason, for this reason, for this reason. Yeah. You know, um, it's been really cool to, to see this new Ethan really come into his own. And that we're going to keep seeing it as far as I know. we know. Yeah. So basically... Zach and Peter end up apologizing to each other and Peter found him in a spot at a recruiting program. Basically everything's going to be fine with the attorney guy family. They're all going to be fine. <laughs> um, but so then we actually move up into the committal ceremony for Ethan's dad. And Oh my God, I was sobbing by the time this was done. There is something about seeing those one Chicago men in their military uniforms that just hits you right. Well, and in it's the heart. a funeral too. Oh my yep. God. It, yep. It, yeah. Yep. And then especially Ethan takes his father's flag. Cause he's the one that receives it. And he hands it to Gerald. He's like, you're the one that should have this. I was like, I'm done. Oh my God. All the feels. Yep. Yeah, I was so emotional. And then, and then <laughs> the whole thing ends up inspiring Archer to call his son. What? Oh my God. Oh my God. I know. I know. I, We're going to meet the son next season. We have to. We have to. First of all, I'm very, that is one deadline article. I'm ready for this summer. Give me the casting news on who they're going to cast as Archer's son. I'm ready for it. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. 
right? I mean, I don't know who I want and I don't really care, but like that, I'm ready. I'm just so excited to actually get some kind of good meaty Archer storyline. And I'm here to see how it goes down with him reconnecting with the sun. I just, I'm here for all of this. Okay. All the clown masks on Amazon are terrifying. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, maybe I should search like kid masks. Um, Okay, let's think of some actors who are like available right now and could play Archer's son, depending on like, you know, well, what we're looking for. But yeah, well, I think it too depends. I mean, like, how old do we think Archer's son is? Gotta be like 30, right? I would 25, assume. 30, maybe. 25. How old do we think Archer is? Whatever. Um, my perception of things are these things are different because I am older by like a, a pretty much a decade. Um yeah, maybe I'm like not. 30 I, I would say around like 30 30 to 30 probably 30. somewhere in yeah my age range yes yeah but yeah I don't know I just I'm so excited for this Brian can we just get dolly masks instead and then I we can really like, just have... had that thought and then we can like put them on for one Chicago purposes and then like run around and sing Bella Chow <laughs> oh this is a good one and it lights up hang on don't fuck up the nails. Don't fuck up the nails. Oh, hell, that's creepy AF. <laughs> Everything clown is creepy AF. I'd rather have the dolly masks. Oh, my goodness. These are all, like, terrifying. It's all, like, it. Pennywise. No, that's just, like, these are all, like, fucking terrifying. Okay. Clown well, mask kids. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I don't know why, but the first person who popped in my head when I like, thought Archer's son... Who is the guy who played Wyatt on Timeless? Matt Lanter? Oh, Matt Lanter. Ooh. I don't know why his name just popped in my head. It just did. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. His name just popped in my head. Interesting. Mm-hmm. hmm I could... I could see it. Let's think of our Hallmark I'll... men. The Hallmark men who, um, maybe they're available. Um, they're all older than I would think though. Andrew Walker. I don't remember who that is. Hold on. Let me Google that. I think my new life goal is to get Ryan Pavey into the, uh, OCU. Is that what we're calling it? The OCU? It just popped in my head. And then I realized I was like that. I've never said that before. Andrew Walker, man, he's maybe a little older, but he could pull off like 35. He's 42. He's, yeah, he's a little. So I said he could pull off 35. Tyler Hines. Yes. Bingo. We just casted him. Yeah. Tyler Hines would be a really good one. Yeah. He'd be really, really good. He'd be a good one. Oh yeah. He's the one who's related to Andrew Walker, right? Are they related? Oh, no, they're I think just they're just BFFs. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't think they were related. Um, did you see that Hallmark's doing like summer movies now? They do every movie. I, I don't remember them doing summer movies. They but do that... spring movies. They do winter movies. They do Valentine's movies. They do all kinds of movies. Yay. Yay. But anyway. Anyway. Back to Archer. I just, I am very, I'm so excited for this storyline like i am actually genuinely excited for this yeah we're setting up for some good things next season yeah Yeah, it's gonna be so good Mm -hmm. um and ethan's gonna be back because that's all i really care right now 
I'm like, Will and Dylan trapped in a fire and eh, whatever. I don't care. Nothing. I am not worried about that at all. I'm like, Ethan's coming back. That's all I care about. Yep. All I care about. Um, but yeah, Jess B did have a thought about this. She said the ceremony for Ethan's dads and seeing Ethan in his dress blues, whites, um, got me in my feels. And then how he gave the flag to Gerald, just beautiful. There were a lot of storylines on parental and child relationships, and I liked how they were all sort of feeding into each other. It really made for a nice theme running through the whole episode. And Archer calling his son, dare I say, I'm actually excited to see where that goes next season. Um, Yes, Mm -hmm. because I am also excited for where this goes. Same. Same, same, same. It's going to be so good. So good. So good. I'm still Googling masks. Don't mind me. Um. We're setting up for some good stuff next season. This was this was the best finale of the three, which it like was the what? best season of Med, best finale of Med. It was just the end, perfect end to such a great season. Hats off to you, season seven of Chicago Med. Good job. Yes, and may season eight be just as good, if not better. <laughs> yes, amen to that. Amen to that. Any other thoughts on Med? Great episode. All right. It's fire time. It's fire time. Oh, boy. I had to watch. The, okay, but here's the deal. So after, I know after the finale, everybody was like, eh. But on rewatch, it actually was a very good finale. Okay. It's a good episode. I will give it that. It's a good episode. The cliffhanger was kind of redone. They already kind of did a stellaride version of that in season four. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just so overhyped. But if like, you have to choose between all of squad being like in Lake Michigan versus Stella ride at the cabin and like a random pickup truck pulls up, which one are you going to choose? That's a different question though. I'm going to choose Stella ride in the cabin because I know they're going to be okay. But I, the squad one was at least a more original, like this is literally the copying of Grant, you know, season four where Stellaride comes back to the apartment. I don't mm-hmm. remember whose apartment they were. It must have been Stella's apartment. Mm-hmm. And Grant is like sitting there by the couch waiting for them. And we don't, you know, they don't see him, but we see him. And like, mm-hmm. it's basically that same concept. Uh, I mean, sort of, kind of, sort of, but I'm not mad. Again, I'm not mad. I'm not I, mad. And I think yeah. just too, I think in general, not even just with the Stellaride stuff, I just think Derek talking about the fact that it's their best finale yet and there's so much danger and yada 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 and the emma stuff kind of fell a little again not that i'm complaining i just feel like it was very overhyped like i still think it was a good episode i just think it was overhyped personally. yeah but also what do you expect them to do so they're gonna be like this is a pretty subdued finale they're not gonna say that no but for them to call it their best finale in 10 years i don't agree with that at all Okay, but I will say the wedding was everything. The, the wedding, wedding was great. Yeah, the wedding was everything. And honestly, I'm just mad I wasn't invited. Um, the wedding was amazing. It was everything I've ever wanted it to be. And I think it it's everything worth, we deserved as fans. It's worth the six years of Stellaride back and forth. And yeah, no, it is great. Mm-hmm. But as much as I love the Stellaride wedding, I don't think that can carry it by itself. See, I disagree. I'm I'm perfectly comfortable with it. I'm perfectly like while I really enjoy the Stellaride finale, that's not what I was thinking about when the episode was over. I was so mad about 
the Hakami stuff, which we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll yeah, get we'll there. Get I'm there. ready to rant about that. Mm-hmm. But like, literally, that's what I was thinking about last night. I mean, I enjoyed the Celeride wedding and I went back and watched those scenes a couple times last night. But like, what I was genuinely thinking about and frustrated about was Hakami. Yeah. And yeah. that has kind of, I think, put a slight damper on this episode for me personally. I get that. I get that. You want to start us off or you want me to? It doesn't matter. Um, I'll start us. That's fine. So we'll start with the Stellarides because of course. Okay. So remember where we left off? Sev got the crap beat out of him last week because of the whole food truck thing. Because it turns out the guy is like trafficking drugs. So Severide's looking through a lineup photos about this drug dealer gang and he agrees to testify in front of a grand jury. He's like, fuck yeah, we're doing it. We're bringing them down. Like, hell yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. And Stella's worried as they're walking out of the building, but Severide reassures her. Also another clown mask moment because people who saw this filming, we were like, Severide gets arrested and she bails him out. Like, clown mask. Oh, I never thought that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Stella's super worried. He's like, don't even worry. It's okay. Like, we got this. We're good. On the plus side, Crystal Gardens had a cancellation and they are available that Friday. So I love Sev and he's like, book it. He's like so happy. He's like, book it, do it. So she asks about Kelly's mom and Kelly's like, I don't know. He's like, you know, this isn't for, it's for her. It's not for her. It's for us. So like, don't even think about it. Like fine, whatever. So back at 51, Sylvie's back. I missed her. I missed her so much. Yeah. More on her in a minute, but yeah. Yeah. More on her in a minute, but uh, I missed her. So Herman turns into like wedding director of the year. I love that. How it was so funny. He's like, Herman's doing a wedding round table. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Herman's like delegating tasks and, and Cap and Tony don't even get one. They're like, well, what, what are we going to do? So that's a pity assignment. And then they're like, oh yeah, chairs. We might need some extra chairs. And then Tony's just like, we'll slay that. And I was we'll just slay like, that. I was dying. Why don't we have Cap and Tony merch? Shit. We need to get on that. We need like a Cap and Tony BFFs, like some sort of Cap and Tony merch. Yes. Why don't we have Cap and Why Tony? Why don't merch? we have that? That is a good question. Listeners, if you have ideas for Cap and Tony merch, please, please send them our way. Oh, we should make a Jackson doesn't like banana shirt. <gasps> Did they have a logo? We need to make a Jackson doesn't like well, banana Tony shirt. Tony was wearing a shirt, so we just need to go back and look and see what he was doing. Um, we're gonna have to get me a screen cap of that before my flight tonight. So I'm occupied while I'm on the plane. I got um, you. I got thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah, I'm finishing recording and then going right to the airport, but it's cool. So Stella goes into Bowden's office and oh my God, this scene. Like this one, I don't know what I thought this scene would be like when it, you know, in my mind before it, but this was everything I wanted it to be and more. Mm. I know. Just here. Talk to me, Lieutenant. What's up? Well, you know that I don't have much in the way of birth family. Aunt Laverne is getting old. She doesn't travel. And the rest of my real family is right here in the firehouse. Truth is, you're the closest thing I've had to a father in my life. And... I was wondering, would you give me away? That would be my greatest honor. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, no, no, no pressure. 
before you make any promises, just know that the wedding is in two days. Stella, wedding could be yesterday and on the moon, and I would still find a way to walk you down that aisle. I'm like crying again just thinking about it. The wedding could be yesterday and on the moon, yeah, and I would still I find say. a way to walk you down the aisle. That's honestly what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, that line is what kills me every time. Oh, my God. It's It's just so beautiful. So beautiful. I know. I know. And just how he's like, that would be my greatest honor. And the way Stella prefaces it, and she's just like, you know, my whole family is actually here. Like, yeah, you know. You're the closest thing I've had to a father. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) My heart. All the feels. Oh my gosh, all the fails. Okay, so then Severide goes to meet with the prosecution and I I guess the Cook County Courthouse is like two separate towers and he's got to walk across the sky bridge to go meet with the the grand jury. And on the sky bridge, he spots one of the guys that's working with this drug gang, whatever. (laughs) So it somehow ends up being like a knife fight in the hallway. A, how did this guy get a knife into the courthouse? B, yeah. how does Severide know what to do in a knife fight? Because he's Severide. Also, Cook County might want to get those windows reinforced because I feel like he fell through yeah. that way too easily. Yeah. Also, just LOL that this is the death. I mean, we all kind of assumed once we saw the filming scenes because, you know, the guy falls out of the window. Because we knew he wasn't going to fall out into a giant airbag. Yeah. And we knew he wasn't going to fall on the concrete and not that somehow Live. survived it. Yeah. Yeah. But also just like, LOL. Like we had all these theories about like, you know, people were throwing around Hawkins dying and Emma dying and like all these things. And it's just like, oh yeah, some random. It was just some random. Remember. Just, yeah. <laughs> Again, clown masks. Like we really clown should masks. have had clown masks to record this entire episode in. Yeah. um i really know i know that that wasn't the intention but when sev kicked the guy through the glass i laughed because that glass was like paper it definitely would not be like that in real life oh no hell no hell no that is obviously clearly thin enough for stunt purposes yes yes for stunt purposes but also like if that's the glass that cook county has in their courthouse like you might you might need to reevaluate you might need to reevaluate that because you're probably opening yourself up to a lawsuit just probably saying just saying yeah uh yeah so sub fights him kicks him through the wall that's great it's clear as day self-defense but like i don't know if it's a testament to just how desensitized we are to like television shows and just like horribleness everywhere but in my brain i was like yeah he kicked a guy through a window and like yeah and no big deal totally forgetting that like oh yeah severide doesn't specialize in killing people this isn't like a Severide thing that he specializes in. I really thought for one teeny tiny second that they were going to make a bigger deal out of it. But I was like, oh, no, this is clearly self-defense. And then especially once they realized who it was that died, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, duh. But yeah. yeah. But like he's a little shaken. He gets in the car and he's just like. Well, yeah. I mean, even if you don't, even if it's self-defense, even if it was a, end up being a bad guy, I mean, you did just. You killed someone. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would understandably be shaken too. I'm just, I'm so used to Yellowstone and like the cop shows I watch outside of Chicago PD. I'm just like, he killed a guy and I was like, okay, moving on. And I was like, why is he so busted up? Oh, because this is Severide. It's not Casey Dutton. They've kind of just did a 
a very different storyline, obviously, on this on station 19, where Andy ends up getting sexually assaulted and mm-hmm. she ends up killing the guy who yeah. sexually assaulted her. And then it's a whole thing. It's like, oh, well, you killed the bad guy, but you also you did kill someone, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and there's of course no evidence, and yada yada, and this whole thing. But like it kind of made me think of that. It's like you did, I mean, you killed someone it's bad you know self-defense but like you did just also kill that's someone. yeah it's still gonna rattle you yeah for sure um wait um uh, sorry i got sidetracked i got a text that just popped up um so shit i forgot what i was about to ask you damn it i hate when i do that um oh did andy get exonerated on station 19 yeah okay good but it still ended with a cliffhanger i didn't like but yeah she did you can tell me i'm not gonna go back and watch um well there's a lot of stuff going on with jack right now and jack basically because obviously she lost her job well she didn't lose her job but she was suspended while this Mm -hmm. was all going on and she ends up back at 19 because jack gives up his job and just goes like mia he just disappeared yeah he's got some personal stuff going on with his family and yeah that's odd he like met his biological brother and found out that he's basically had and they were all been a family his whole time his parents his brother his, his more siblings whatever and he got put up for adoption and so he's kind of been like in a oh that's horrible spot. yeah and yeah so yeah, he basically like gave his position up to andy so she could come back to 19 and he went mia we just don't know where he is got it yeah interesting okay so Severide comes back to 51 and talks to Stella in his office and she's so worried and <laughs> I so felt worried. so bad because she's like why didn't you call me and he's like because there was 59 million things going on but like and he's like and I was a little rattled imagine that conversation of like hey babe how did the grand jury go by the uh, way I just killed someone I just kicked someone through the glass onto Lakeshore Drive and killed him no big yeah it's a normal day yeah so she's like, well, why don't we push things? Like, you know, we need to like rally. Why we should just postpone. And he's like, oh no, hell no. No, no, no. He's like, this wedding's happening. I promise. I don't want anything overshadowing it. Anything. Yeah. <sighs> Precious babies. So then the detective stops by and he's like, so get this, this Campbell guy, skip town. He's just gone. He's like, we're still going to go after him, but it's a federal problem now. So you don't have to worry, which is Chicago fire for you should definitely worry definitely worry you should definitely worry you may yep. still be he still may be leaving town but he's not gonna forget nope nope yeah i don't blame him i wouldn't forget those blue eyes anywhere but yeah um is it Bowden who says this he's like hey it's good news you're the least of his problems now yeah Just, you can never say that kind of stuff out loud on chicago fire yeah jinxed it yeah jinxed it yep don't do it just don't yeah. do that so then Brett takes Stella to the, I don't think it's Herman's office. I think it's the blue office. Or no, is the, the blue, blue office bigger. It's definitely, cause she takes them by the uh, beds and the blue office is over by Bowden's office. The, it, it's definitely Herman's office. Uh, and all the ladies of 51 have a bachelorette for Stella. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Oh my goodness. And like all you needed, right? I mean, great. Sure. In our dream minds, would it have been great to have like a whole one Chicago ladies bachelorette night? Of course it would have been. Yes. But like in the, given the circumstances and given what we're working with, all we needed was Brett, Violet and Kylie. That's all we needed. And it was perfect. It was so perfect. So So perfect. perfect. 
um the what's the bride like the how well do you know the bride game um Bryna I swear if you spring this question on me on our uh, the bachelorette like <laughs> oh I'm gonna have to keep make note of that my Thanks. youngest niece my oldest niece is 16 well the same thing with Kylie's what 18 I'm like you know I'm surprised it's like what's the bride to be's favorite position in the CFD <laughs> <laughs> that is funny though yeah Actually, I would probably laugh if you slipped that in there, but, um, well, I would ask, I, I wouldn't ask because of the joke, I would say, what's the bride to be's favorite position in the CFD and no one else will get it except me and you, but like, yeah. we'll get it. I'd appreciate it. I mean, you think it's hysterical. Yeah. We're the only shy hearts in the bridal party. So, um, no, that's not true. Actually. My sister and my niece watch, but not, watch not on our level. They watch all three, but not on our level. Okay. Yeah. So. They speak it about as well as we do, but they're, they're, you know, the minute I'm just like, well, I think Upton meant this. When she said this, they're like, that's cute, Gina. Just stop. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm going to use that, that if we do something like this, what the bridesmaid's favorite position in the CFD is a thing. What would be your answer? In the CFD? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> in the CFD. Like, I'm going to ask you the other question on the pod. Well, I'm trying to think of like, I'm, I'm trying to think of something witty here. I mean, Lieutenant would probably be my favorite position because Stella's just absolutely crushing it. But also PIC, Violet. Badass women. Violet pretty much like had her cake and ate it too this season. Well, Brett and then Vi- when Brett, Violet and when Brett left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, PIC, if it doesn't come with the psycho partner. True. But like, por que no las dos? Why not both? I mean, not battalion chief because Bowden's like spread too thin. Yeah, and is more political than actual firefighting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think lieutenant only if I'm if I'm like a stellar ride type leader. Only if I'm like Stella and Stella and Seb, where like I lead by example and I'm just like I'm so good at my job because like I'm so good at my job. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This would be a whole other podcast if you ask the other question right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's meet us at Molly's after dark. I'm just kidding. Way after dark. <laughs> Way after dark, plus a couple of alcoholic beverages. So we get to the wedding day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so Stella and Brett and Chloe. Oh, they're getting ready in on, on one part of the loft. And then Sev and Casey and Cruz are getting ready on the other part. And in the in the middle, you've got Javi, Javi. Like, dribbling a basketball. It's so cute. I, I mean, I was oh dying when they're like, yeah, if, if Severide sees Kate or whatever, you know, Stella's like, I'm going to kill you, Javi. And then like Javi goes and passes the message along to Severide. Like Stella said, you can't see her. If she does, she's going to kill me. And it's just like so cute. So cute. Also, uh, Charlie was in the room with me when Chloe was explaining how it dates back to arranged marriages. And I was like, do you hear what Chloe is saying right now? And he's like, no, I don't hear it. And I'm like, okay. What, you don't want to follow that tradition? I don't care. He no. insists, like, he he insists on not seeing me till the wedding. And I'm just like, all right. I mean, I don't care. I would have shown you pictures immediately. Yeah. I'm all about bucking tradition. I think you've I, gathered that by now. Yeah. 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 I'm like, what? Oh, people usually do that? We're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No. Um, some, my, my, well, not even just my mom. There are some people who are like, some of my friends are like, you're not wearing heels to your wedding. I'm like, fuck no, I'm not wearing heels. Why would I I have to stand for like 10 hours? <laughs> Why the hell would I do that? Why would I do that? I don't know. Anyway, but yes. Um, and then the second best man comment. Yeah. 
said he's joe said that was a slap in the face or whatever he doesn't speak english let's just go get a snack and then we get this guy love moment between casey and sev i kind of can't believe it you actually tying the knot we've known each other a long time too long painfully long Listen, I don't want to get too sappy, but it's your wedding, so I'm going there. It's been something. Watching you change since Stella came into your life. As cliche as it sounds, she's made you a better man. You might get some disagreement there. (laughs) I'm really grateful to be a part of this, Kelly. You guys are meant to be. I'm even more grateful to have you. Hasn't been the same around here since you left. Never will be. Oh, my heart. My heart. I know. This is as close as we're going to get to those two being like, I love you, man. I love you, too. And if we couldn't get a cigar chat, this is the next best thing. This is the next best thing. Perfect. Yes. Needed. I didn't know how much my soul needed this moment, but it needed this moment. Oh, big time, big time. And when Severide said Severide was like, I'm just grateful to have you. Like it hasn't been the same around you. He was definitely speaking for all of us. I was like, yes. Oh my God. Has yeah. not been the same without you. Ugh. I see old episodes now. And then I st- I'm going to go, I miss Casey. Like you don't know. know what you got until you got until it's gone. Gone. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So they get to the venue, which by the way, isn't Crystal Gardens at Navy Pier. Yes. So in an interview with Us Weekly, and I don't know how much of this is true and how much of this is story, but Taylor said that because the day they originally, remember when we were talking about permits and the weather was bad and then they like canceled filming or whatever that day? I think basically what happened is, and I don't know this is true, this is what I'm taking from Taylor's Us Weekly interview, but that like the weather caused them to change locations. I think maybe in, I don't know. And I don't know whether the whole storyline still was supposed to be like, oh, we're going to, you know, something happened to the original location and they're going to end up at a second location. Mm-hmm. But weather definitely, I think, played a part in some of the filming stuff too. Yeah. Cause wherever they showed up to, that was not Navy. No, it's down at the river. That was the river. Yeah. But yeah. if you look at the behind the scenes stuff, like all those like interview clips mm-hmm. and they're all wearing jackets in the terrible weather, that is at Navy Pier. I'm pretty sure that's at Navy Pier. Huh. Okay. Like on the day when filming was bad and they were trying to get filming in. I'm pretty sure that was at Navy Pier. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Huh. God, I miss Chicago so much. I know. Um, yeah. So they get to the venue, but the original couple's wedding is back on. And so Stella writes like, fuck, like, what do we do? I love, love, love how they're like, uh, Severide is still, Severide is like, he's still standing with his back to her. And he's like, what yeah. do you want to do? Like talking over his shoulder because like, it's he, so like, cute. she just insists that he not see her in the dress. It's so cute. So cute. So cute. Uh, and so Casey to the rescue, yeah. of course, he's like, Hey, got a boat. They're like, what? what? There's a like a, a tour boat down on the river that like only had two people booked for the tour. So they were able yeah. to buy it out. And the guy's a ship captain. So he, he was able to marry them. Yeah. Um, also just LOL at Cap and Tony being like, 
we and Costello's like, well, if everyone's okay with standing in Capitone, you're like, yo, no, we got you covered with the chairs. And they're like, we saved the day. And we it's saved just the like, day. Hysterical. Uh, the little bro moment though, when Casey's like, oh, I found a boat. And like Severed goes, oh, you're a genius. And Casey's face and he goes, I know. Like, so cute. That is such an us moment. That is so something we would do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So funny. So funny. So then Bowden mentions to Kelly, he's like, Hey, like you have your phone off, but your mom's trying to get hold of you, which I didn't, I, I, this wasn't even on my radar. I, I just figured that like mama said, wasn't going to be there at all. So for us to have any mention of her was great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So he FaceTimes with his mom and she tried to make it, but there were travel delays and you know, she's basically just like, I'm so happy for you. And he's like, I figured you didn't care. And she's like, no, forget what I said. Like you deserve all the happiness in the world. Yeah. That was really nice. Mm. Would have been a little better if we'd have had like an in-person cameo, but like I'll take the FaceTime. But I mean, if Jennifer Delaney couldn't make it, that is the next best thing. That yeah, is, at least we had is, a face, like an actual yeah. FaceTime. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's thinking on your feet. That's good. For sure. That's good. Yeah. So then we get the ceremony. Oh, I know. Oh my God. The moment when he's like, I'm not even going to ask if you're ready. And then like the opening chords of all of me starts. I was like, ah. <laughs> how much did fire spend on this music? Uh, I know. Because I not know. only did we get that, we got Bruno Mars too with the reception. We never get original we songs. We never get fire. songs. I mean, last year's finale, we had um, the song during the Bretzy uh, sexy time scene. But yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, called rest. But we, um, did, we had Gaga in like the early seasons when Taylor was still dating her. We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, everybody had been telling Derek to like, you know, put Lady Gaga on the show. And so in, in Derek fashion, he was like, stop it. And just like had Cruz listening to it at some point. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. But I remember. Either way, it's very rare for us to have a song with words and let alone not one, but two mm-hmm. and two big songs. Yeah. Oh my God. And I, I, John Legend's All of Me just takes me back to finale. Like, I remember the first time I heard that, like, right when it came out, they used it in the Grays season nine finale. And I just, like, every time I hear this song, I picture this. So now I'm also, in addition to that, I'm going to picture Stellaride getting married every time I hear the song. It's going to. Okay. But was it a lovey dovey moment on Grays or was it like, did they, did they do to it what they did to like Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol that every time you see it, you're like, something's about to crash? I remember it because it was the first time. It was like a big uh, Joe and Alex moment. It was like kind of their first big like romantic mm. moment at the end of that season when they met. So like, that's why I think of it, but yes. Okay. But I, I don't even like nothing I say can fully do these vows justice. I, I just, just play them. Kelly, the simple truth is that you are magic to me. Whenever I'm at my lowest, you lift me up. You never leave my side. You are the goodest of men. And yes, we are taking a huge, crazy leap into the unknown, but we're doing it together. And when I need to hear it, you'll tell me you got this delicate and I'll know that everything will be okay because it always is when I'm with you. I love you with 
everything I got from Severo. And I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. Stella, I decided a long time ago that if I was going to be with you, I needed to be worthy of you, which seemed impossible. How do I become worthy of someone brave enough to show who they are, inside and out? What makes me this better person that I keep hearing about is you keep me from locking things up. Instead, you made sure you really knew me. And by some miracle, you still love me. So I might never be worthy of you. But I promise to spend the rest of my life trying. I love you. I, 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 I love all of it. I hadn't even considered whether or not they were on a right vows. Like it literally never crossed my mind. Even when we were planning our own Stellaride wedding back when we did our Patreon episode, literally never crossed my mind of like, would they write vows or would they, I just kind of assumed, I guess they were going to do like the traditional vows, but I love the fact that they wrote vows. Love, 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 love. There's a part of me that wishes that we had known the vows before they aired so that when Andrea was on, we could have been like, Andrea, like you slayed with the vows. Slayed. 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 Oh my God. I, I, I don't know which part of it I love more. I love that Stella, Stella tells him that he's magic and he's, and she's just like, you know, all I have to hear is you've got it, Stella kid. And then everything's okay again. Like what I also love the fact that Kelly was like, basically like, you know, I once told you that I was going to try to be the man that you deserve. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to be that man. Like, it's just like, Oh, chef's kiss. Perfection. Every ounce of that was art. Yeah. Hang that in the Louvre. Take a still of that scene and just like hang it in the Louvre. Exactly. Perfection. Perfection. And then. And then we get the, well, okay. So at the, the reception's super cute, but then we get, we basically end it with the Stellaride wedding night at the cabin. So they went to the cabin for, for their wedding night. This is also the moment when the show was airing live that Pepper decided to step on the remote. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that dog and I never get mad at him, but that moment I was like, Pepper, like, yeah, yeah. So Sev even carries her across the threshold. It's so cute. And they're laughing and they're just so happy. Yeah. They're so happy. I love hearing them happy. This morning when I was rewatching it, I definitely was pausing like a bunch of times because like when Severa goes to turn the lights on, I was mm-hmm. looking for the wedding ring. I was looking for, and it's like, oh my God, Severa's wearing a wedding ring. What the fuck? I haven't spotted it. I didn't spot it yet. So is it a regular ring or is it going to be like black bands like Upstead? This is silver. <sighs> I love it. Okay. So if Upstead, if we call it ringstead with them, I figure we've got to call it Stella ring with them, right? Stella like, ring. Yes. Stella ring. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yes. we've got ringstead and Stella ring. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Ringer eye just doesn't ring. It, it doesn't no, sound good. No, 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 no. Doesn't flow. Stella ring. Yeah. Now we get to play ring spotting on two shows. That's going to be super fun. Yes. Love it. I love it. 
uh, the part that we're avoiding talking about here because you know everything's so nice and wonderful is that the last shot of the episode is a truck pulling up to the cabin and we don't know we don't know what it is. I'm gonna hang on to the headcanon in my head that it's a fake out and it's Casey because they forgot something at the ceremony. I'm gonna hold on to that throughout the whole summer. You probably need to pick a different character because it definitely won't be Casey. Because Jesse's definitely not coming back for another episode, but Brett wouldn't be driving a pickup. No, Jesse is not dry or Casey doesn't drive that nice of a pickup. Um no, I'm gonna stick with Casey. It's just it's gonna be a happy place in my head. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. Uh, got a lot of listeners off on this one. Christine S said, I am just thrilled with how they handled the wedding on the show. For once, we got a wedding that lasted more than two minutes at the end of an episode. Oh, yes. I love how they wove it all into the episode and did it all in a very Chicago fire way. The firehouse family banding together to make it happen at the last minute with Herman as the coordinator truly captured, captured the spirit of the show as a whole. I love the impromptu bachelorette in the officer's quarters. We got to see them getting ready and even a sweet little Savese chat. Then there's the mad dash around town to get those two married no matter what. Oh my God, the moment when Herman's like, these two have commitment issues. They have to do this now. (laughs) Yeah. From the moment the episode started, Severide was determined to marry Stella and he made that very clear. I love that we couldn't get Kim Delaney in person or since we couldn't get uh, Kim Delaney, I called her Jennifer Delaney. That's not right at all. Um, We couldn't get Kim Delaney in person. We at least saw Mama Sev give her blessing. And she says, I still have my fingers crossed for her to come visit them at some point next season. The vows were perfect. The holding was simple and low key, yet still incredibly special. I feel like they really did bright by us with all the wedding stuff we got to see. And he even carried her over the threshold. That That's a perfect way to put it. They really did right by us. Yeah, it, it definitely felt very earned. Very, very earned. And and if 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 that's what we, if we had to sacrifice like a, a cliffhanger, cliffhanger for that, I'm perfectly fine with it. I feel like clever, sometimes cliffhangers are just like overkill. Yeah. Again, I think the, it, it, the height made it seem like there was going to be some huge dramatic cliffhanger and yada, yada, yada. But like, mm. yeah, I would, I mean, yes, in my perfect mind, I would rather have this than anything else, but yeah. 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 Um, so let's see, where did it Allison. Allison. Okay. So Allison said, as for Celeride, the wedding was gorgeous. Their vows were perfect. And I'm not worried about them being able to handle whoever's in the truck that followed them to cabin. Severide is an Avenger after all. Yeah. It's the same with, I'm, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Yeah. Nope. 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 Me either. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Like, what are they going to do? Like have Celeride get shot in the first episode of season 11? No, they're not going to no. do that. No, not after they just got married. No, no. At least I don't think so. I hope not. Yeah. Just be said the wedding was beautiful and perfect. And I loved it. I know some people were disappointed that Chloe and Cruz's wedding wasn't longer and wanted stellar rides to be longer, but I was happy with both. I didn't need it to be massively long. We got to see all the best bits. I loved how giddy everyone was, especially Kelly and the way everyone kept turning him around. So he wouldn't see Stella in her dress and the boat wedding was so them and Stella asking Bowden to walk her down the aisle. Also legit made me cry. It was perfect. The cliffhanger though. That was a little rude. Kind of reminds me of the grant cliffhanger from a couple seasons ago. I'm not super worried, but it is pretty rude that they're going to ruin Stella rides wedding night or maybe not. Maybe it's Casey. Maybe he's like, you forgot this. Maybe not. You're really you're really going with this. Look, how many weeks have we been stressing out for now? Okay. Like the finales are over. I am gonna find a little solace in whatever I can. Okay. I'm about to have a hot girl summer <laughs> over here where like I just kick back with like a mimosa and cucumbers no over my eyes because no everybody in one Chicago is safe, except Will and Dylan. 
Yeah. Except I'm not worried. Summer. I'm not worried. But two out of what, however many is not bad. Hot girl summer. Yeah. Yep. Um, Tom said, we also, we also, also, we have to believe Cellarite is going to be okay. Right. Rumor mill have a, either one of them leaving. Seems huh. unlikely with Casey having just left, but they were replacing lieutenants again. Yeah. Rumor mill does not. Um, I mean, of course there's always, I guess in the back, back, back of your mind, there's always some worry, but like Taylor was just doing press and upfronts. I don't think he'd be doing upfront press if he was leaving the show. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion. Yep. But yeah, yep. the Stellarides they're married i know it's never gonna get old like next year every episode we're gonna be like they're married okay and then the comes on episode. they're married too <laughs> you're next berzik yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right usually we're like thrilled to talk about hakami and everything but like i'm not happy <laughs> I, I have feelings too. I have feelings too. Go for it. Just take it away. Okay. Take your heart out. Yeah. So let's talk about Violet Hawkins, Gallo, Emma, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. So episode starts and Evan and Violet are sitting in his car and he's explaining how he's basically like, he doesn't really know what to do anymore about the Emma situation. And Violet's kind of really setting, letting it sink in. She's like, holy shit, this is going to be my last shift here at 51. And he's like, you know, I wish I could say that's wrong. He's like, I'm not giving up. But Violet doesn't want to hear it. She just like leaves the car. And like, he's holding her hand as he says this. And I'm like, what's the hand hold? Like, I was already kind of annoyed after. I was like, oh, no, this is not going well. Not going well. Nope. But he's not giving up. And I love to see he's not giving up. So later on, like we said, Brett came back. So Violet and Brett are talking in the bunk room. And of course, soon after that, they're joined by Gallo and Ritter. And she- Violet finally confesses, you know, what's going on with Emma. And Brett's just like, we have to stop this, right? And it's just like, that's my girl. I love to see that she's just like, well, duh, of course you're not going anywhere. I love that. How, like, the minute she heard about it, she was like, oh, that's just not going to fly. That's not happening. We're not, no, 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 no. That's not how we do things. Yeah. Well, and Violet's like, you know, Evan's trying to pull, like, a last-minute victory. It's not really looking that great. Then we cut to Evan. Going down to D.C. Hill's office, and we just, we have to play the whole thing. Ma'am, a paramedic named Emma Jacobs is blackmailing me. She's demanding I give her Violet McComey's spot at Firehouse 51, or she's going to level false accusations that are going to be hard to disprove. Because of your indelicate relationship with McComey. Yeah, I know all about it. There's nothing indelicate about our relationship. Chief, I don't owe you any favors. I'm not looking for favors, ma'am. I'm looking for justice, whatever the cost. I'll lie on this grenade to eliminate any conflict of interest. If you need to transfer me to another district, you can bust me down to paramedic. Go right ahead. Demand my resignation. If you have to, let me take the hit for this because Violet doesn't deserve what's happening to her. This man was ready to fall on his sword for her. He's so in love with her. So in love with her. But also the ending we get is absolute BS when you've got this scene sitting there. Right. It contradicts everything. I don't, I mean, I get it, which we'll get to in two seconds. But like, I love the whole thing about, first of all, how he stood up for their relationship, right? Like, because DC Hill's like, oh, you mean that indelicate relationship with McCombie? And he's like, there's, first of all, there's nothing indelicate about the relationship. Love to see a man who sticks up for his relationship. Also, I love the fact that he was like, listen, like, I don't really care what happens to me. Like, if you have to fucking, like, 
push me down a paramedic again like Mm -hmm. I don't really care but like Violet doesn't deserve what's happening to her her Mm -hmm. career doesn't deserve it and I just I loved I loved everything about this everything about this every single thing yeah yeah he was gonna fall on his sword damn it Hawkins really is like moving up there in the ranks of like one Chicago man best yeah best um also I just so we're back at 51 and I just I was dying at the fact that like Emma comes in at the tail end of the like Stellaride wedding hive meeting or whatever and she's like anything I can help with and Gallo's like nope you're not gonna be here (laughs) (laughs) that was savage savage but also but also art also art exactly yes um and then also just like when Brett is being all nice to Emma and she's like Violet is the best like you're so lucky to have her and Emma the look on Emma's face again art yes yes so later on all of 51 gets called out to this apartment fire and on the way there violet basically tells emma she's like watch out like if you're coming after me like i'm gonna come after you i'm gonna make your life hell which like yes that was fantastic too yeah so they get there and one of the neighbors mentions that there's a pregnant victim next door so gallo stella violet and emma they go check on her not only is the victim pregnant her she's impaled by a piece of debris that happened when part of the thing collapsed and her water just broke. So you had quite the trifecta. Yeah. yeah, quite the trifecta. So Violet is working on her and all Emma can talk about while this is going on is like getting out of there because the building's on fire. It's like, okay, no wait. shit, Sherlock. Can we please talk about the fact that th- she, she's a paramedic, right? She's been in the CFD for a minute and you're telling me all this time that this woman's greatest fear is fire? I don't, yeah. So she's freaking out and- it's so much so that she ends up walking out on the patient, walking out on the patient. This whole time she's been some evil diabolical genius and her kryptonite has been fire the entire time. Yeah. But so she walks out and Gallo ends up helping Violet deliver the baby. Luckily, everyone comes out of the whole situation, like healthy and good, like baby's fine. Mom's fine. Like we're all fine. But Evan, when he sees that Emma comes out, without violet and then when she he finally sees that violet safe and like comes out he reams emma out he's like say what you want about me or violet he's like follow your report he's like hell you can take out an ad in the freaking tribune he's like now that everyone knows who, what you really are whose side do you think they'll take he's like finish your shift clean out your locker you're not cut out for 51 yes. and i was like hell yeah <laughs> um i that's that's also that's like the one chicago version of i'm not mad i'm disappointed like that's the one Chicago version is like, you're not cut out for 51. Like, ooh, dagger to the heart. Like, oh man, it was so good. And then the oh, way he so like, good. so Emma, he kind of walks past her as he says it. And like, he's watching Violet the whole time. And I was like, mm, mm, mm. yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. So later on, on wedding day, because Violet and Gallo got assigned to work together on the flowers. So while they're working on the flowers, Violet mentions to Gallo that she really thought her time at 51 was coming to an end. And she's like, you know, I didn't think Evan would be able to do anything had Emma not gone out like that. And she's like, you know, and you're right. Like the whole relationship has been a mess for us professionally. And it took a personal toll too. Um, And Gallo's just like, hey, you know, I get it. Like there are things that, um, you know, emotions that eclipse all common sense. And I'm just like, first of all, 
I get it. It was a, the relationship from a professional standpoint was messy and I get it. It was hard on them because all they wanted to do was be together and they couldn't be together. I got that mm-hmm. part. That part I understand. But like in the grand scheme of things, I mean, was it, it's not like you didn't know it was going to end up kind of being messy. Like, I don't know. It, that, something about that line was like, okay. But then Gallo. But like, if you love him, it's worth it. It's worth the messiness. Right, and you well, just told him episodes ago that you were falling in love with him. Yeah. But so then, but like, first of all, I don't like that look, Gallo. Stay away. But then they get to the venue and Evan calls her and she ignores the fucking call. What are we doing? I mean, I get it. Time and place, right? Like she's trying to help get set up for a wedding. Like not really the best time to answer a call, but still that wasn't the point. The point was she ignored the call because she doesn't know how she feels. And I don't like it. That, that there's like, there's a, the the point was they could have made it about like, oh, time and place, like just not the time to answer the call. But that wasn't the point of that scene. The point of that scene was because she's hesitant. She doesn't want to talk to him. I don't like it. I don't like it. But then it it gets gets worse. worse. It gets worse because at the stellar eyed reception, Violet is dancing with Ritter, which thank God she didn't dance with Gallo slow dance. I really thought we were going there for a second. I was like, dear fucking God. And so she dances with Ritter and she he asks if she's good. And this is how she responds. Things with Evan have gotten so, so complicated. And maybe this isn't fair, but I can't help but feel like he should have done more to help. I guess that is yet another reason why you shouldn't date the boss. He should have done more to help. I mean, granted, she I in Violet's one defense, she doesn't know what he did for her at this moment in time. But still, he tried every even if you didn't know that he went so far as to go to DC Hill's office and put his career on the line. Even if you don't know that, to say that he should have done more, like he did everything that he knew to do. It's so unfair to him. And I absolutely hate where they took him because in the, in, in the matter of one episode, they took one episode and she's literally balling him up and throwing him away. For Gallo. After For everything Gallo. we've had this season. And Gallo, when she makes that comment, she looks over to where Gallo's standing there and Gallo's just kind of like standing at the bar like, hey, like over here. And I'm just like, no, that's not what we want. We're like, after, after everything that we've built up in season 10, everything, all the chemistry, all like the magic of Hakami, we're literally just going to ball it up and throw it away in one episode. Here's the thing though. I guess in my mind, I obviously, of course they were, Hakami was going to break up at some point, right? Like it's just a TV show. They're not going to be together forever. Not to say they won't be end game, but they're not going to be together. For, there's going to be a breakup and a makeup at some point, right? That's just how TV works. But I didn't think it was going to be like this. And I certainly didn't think it was going to happen simultaneously with looks to Gallo. I think that's honestly what rubs me more the wrong way is that not only is she feeling like this about Evan, but she's also kind of simultaneously looking at Gallo and it's like, no, what are we doing? You just said you, you just said you were in love with Evan. Why are you looking at Gallo like that? it's the abruptness that makes me kind of mad i just although i will say as much as i would have honestly rather have it gone the wrong 
the way that we wanted, right? Like Hakami mm-hmm. together and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly feeling pretty good that even though I don't want to love triangle, I don't want to love triangle. I don't want to love triangle. I will repeat it again. I don't want Violet and Gallo together. I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm feeling pretty good about Jimmy in season 11 though. You are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel. I mean, of course I want to see him back in season 11. Duh. Um, but I could see that unfortunately being a dropped storyline where we're just like, Violet's never going to know that Hawkins offered to fall on a sword. No nope. way. I think they did that on purpose. I think not they as long made- as I, why else then show it to us? Why else go so far as to say, like, if they weren't going to do anything with it, I think they just say, oh, well, Evan didn't really try. Like, Violet, you know, Emma just kind of faded out in the black and it is what it is. I think they show us the DC's hill. I think they built him up so much in our eyes that that's why we're mad. And I just, I, I don't see it being dropped. I mean, it's been a year since Kim was almost murdered and she still doesn't know that Roy's dead. That's a little different though. I mean, it's I'm just saying shows, it's a different writer, but two different, uh, two, that's two different things in my mind. They're not the same. I know. I'm feeling, I don't, I, I, I don't think he's going to be a regular. I just think this is already such a big cast that like, as much as I would love to see him on a regular, but I do think, I mean, he was a recurring, I guess, technically, or was he technically guest? And he was in almost every episode this season anyway. So I think there's still ways for us to see him in almost every episode and like him not technically be a regular. But. Yeah. I wonder if Jimmy knows that like he is stuck with the one Chicago fandom forever now. Uh, duh. Like ever. Duh. Yeah. You don't get rid of us. We just stick with you for the duration of ever your career. Duh. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Um, okay. But going back to the, okay. So Hakami, but we have to talk about the Emma part too. <laughs> okay all of this build up only for her to just exit stage left yeah no i really not what i thought <laughs> not what i thought we really thought she was going to be an ava becker and she wasn't that I mean, is she kind of was leading up to it but she wasn't that is funny i will say that when we were having this conversation last night do you think Caitlin comes back to like wrap it up because it did kind of seem a little uh, like anti-dramatic I mean like it's just not that dramatic like do you think I could see either one I don't my personal opinion is I think it's kind of done only because I have a really hard time believing they bring Caitlin back just for the premiere just to Mm -hmm. be like okay and you're gone again yeah I don't know it just seemed very like what <laughs> i'm still yeah. like in shock that, that that's all it was it just cracks me up that we were coming up with all these ridiculous ways that she was gonna well, leave we were like she's gonna get electrocuted she's gonna beam up to space and all she did was walk off frame well and then why i guess the whole thing with the other chief and her redacted you know reports like is that why she was just afraid of fire and like that's what happened in every episode but then also why the picture in the locker what was that boy like that she was with in the locker like i had just have so many questions yeah i don't yep. understand yep <sighs> god okay so 
of course, lots of listener thoughts. Everyone mm-hmm. is very passionate about the whole Hakami Gallo Emma thing. So Allison G said, I love this episode of Fire, but I'm totally perplexed by all the hype that made it sound like something dangerous and dramatic was going to happen. I kept waiting for Emma to have sabotaged the boat during the wedding or do something else insane. I wonder if she will be back for the premiere if that's really the last we see of her. Not that I don't want her gone, but it seems too easy after the buildup. Um, and then she went on to say, was it me or did the looks between Violet and Gallo seem to be implying that there is a potential for something between them again in the future if mm. she decides to end her relationship with Hawkins? Because that would not be okay at all. I don't want it. I don't want it. No, thank I you. I don't want it. I know. Nope. Thank you. No, Ricard says, I'm just going to say it. I don't care about Hakami. The ship was way too rushed for my personal taste. I also think Hawkins is a pretty boring character. He started off quite interesting, but then he turned into a character whose whole purpose was to be Violet's love interest. Characters like that just don't appeal to me at all. And before anyone starts accusing me of being a Valo shipper, I will say that I don't care about that relationship either. And that is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. That is a-okay. Yeah. Just because we don't agree doesn't mean that your feelings are also not valid. Yep. Um, Jess B said, I have a pony pick with Derek and Andrea over Hakami though. You do not. And I repeat, you do not have to have Hawkins putting himself on the line for Violet like that. And then have her say he didn't try hard enough to save her. I know she technically doesn't know, but she better find out quick, quickly next season, because I'm not impressed by the way the camera was cutting between her and Gallo. I am curious though. Do you think this is the last we see of Emma? That ending felt a little, I don't know, easy. She ducks on a call and Hawkins tells her to get out and that's it. She wouldn't go that easily, right? I don't know. I don't know. I think a lot of it's going to just depend on where Derek and Andrea want to go with it. And is Caitlin available? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Our good friend, Rachel, she said, I liked where the Hawkins Violet storyline stopped. While I would have loved to see him at the wedding, I thought Violet's reaction was very true to character. And she said she's impulsive and high strung. And I think this is a good thing for them to overcome for the relationship to grow. I can see them coming out stronger once they talk about the situation and something for her to learn from. I'm choosing to think optimistically there than to just assume it's over. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to think I agree, but I'm just still bitter. I'm yeah. just going to be bitter. Um, Emily T said how flimsy or cause she, this was a response to our tweet about what do we want us to talk about? Um, how flimsy Hakami's problems are just talk to each other, how no one wants the drama of Gallo still crushing on Violet, how Jimmy is now a series regular, all of my fingers and toes crossed for manifesting to come true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, Gallo's always going to crush on Violet. He loves her. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. He's a puppy dog. Like you say. Yeah. He's a little golden retriever. Yeah, but no, we do not need to draw. We don't need a love triangle. But like, I don't know. Our friend Logan over at Ladies uh, Night at Molly's always mm-hmm. breaks this point. And it is true. Like now that Cellarite is married and we're not going to have relationship drama with them. And Bretzy is not. We'll talk about them in two seconds. But like Casey's not here. So we're not going to have Bretzy relationship drama. Mm-hmm. Who are we going to have relationship drama for? Hakami and Gallo. I, well, Brett, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna talk about the Brett part uh, stuff. No, but well, I, I don't even even if they consider this a break, whatever. I don't think they're throwing Brett in a relationship anytime soon in a new relationship. Mm-hmm. So who does that leave? Hakami and Gallo. That's why we're getting that love triangle. I am convinced. I don't know. I don't I'm convinced. Know. 
Um, then the last up, um, Apple Bottom on Twitter said, Emma's completely anticlimactic ending despite an eight episode buildup with pretty much easy, with a pretty easy to stomach, low stakes cliffhanger from a last minute plot instead. I love having to not worry about anyone, but this episode felt quite odd. Parts I love, but parts I mostly just didn't understand. I, we'll see. I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> so we've also got Bretzy to talk about, which is something I haven't said since like 10.05. And that felt so good to say just now. Um, yeah. Casey's back. I missed her so much. Yeah. The long hair though. I know. I know. And that, that opening scene when he like kicks the ladder and Gallo just doesn't even think he's like, I was already going to put a note in cap. And then he's like, wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah. I love Love that. Love it. So that's going on. And then they like, Casey has this look with Brett in the kitchen and it's a little odd. It's a little odd. Yeah. So then later on, Casey gives Gallo his favorite axe, which like I was two years old. He had a favorite axe yeah, yeah I, w- I was today years old when i found out that casey has a favorite axe yeah. i don't know um but i think the big part of that is when he's talking to him he's like you're not new you're not you're not new blood anymore gallo you're old guard yep and like they pan over to mason just you know yeah yeah when it I was heard- definitely of like passing the torch moment and i think mm-hmm. something that we were kind of missing from 1005 when he actually left and so i was glad we had this moment yeah yeah when i heard thunderbolt i was half expecting him to take out a quidditch broom but yeah sure. i didn't <laughs> you love me sure we'll go with that Whatever. um but yeah so at the reception brett and casey have a slow dance and we are left with this thank you for coming to see me wish you could have stayed forever You've made a beautiful life for yourself in Oregon, man. But it's your life, not mine. My 51 family is here. My work is here. My life is here. How much longer can we keep this up with so much time apart? together tonight so it's not quite a breakup yeah i i don't know i think this seems a little and i as like a huge bretzy shipper like it wasn't that satisfying no like i don't really know where to make of this like are they together or are they not together (sighs) i i think the writing's on the wall I, I don't think it's going it's I don't think it's going in a good direction because no. how they can't keep up a long distance relationship on screen. It's just it, it it'd be different if they knew Brett. it'd be different if they knew, like for example, Jesse's going to do this new Disney Plus project in Australia, right? And if he said, like, mm-hmm. I'm coming back for sure at the end of this, I just need another like eight months or whatever, however long it's gonna take him to film this thing. Cool. I think they could make I think Derek and Andrea could make it work for a, like a set amount of time, right? But if you don't know if Jesse's ever going to come back to the show on a permanent basis, he may, he may not. Nobody really knows how he's feeling. Like, you kind of have to do so. I mean, I don't know. I w- But I honestly just wish they just ripped the Band-Aid off then. Like, mm-hmm. don't give me this kind of like, 
you know, how much longer can we keep it up? Like, I don't know, but today we're, we're all good. It's like, no, you're clearly not. And I get why, but like, just, I wish they just ripped the bandaid off. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause, cause they're, they're not like, they didn't rip the bandaid off, which means it's going to be long and dragged out in the first part of season 11. Or we're just going to get one off-screen comment about it mm-hmm. because obviously Jesse's not coming back for, you know, another episode. So we're yeah. not going to actually see the scene. And it's not even that I, like I said, it's not even that I needed to see the breakup scene. I don't really want to see, see, actually see Bretzy break up, but I just wish they had already done it. Like there was so much buildup in interviews and stuff about they're going to have this big talk about their future and yada, yada, yada. And all it kind of got regulated to was like one 32nd scene. And I was like, that didn't really end even with some kind of like firm conclusion. It just kind of felt just really unsatisfying. And a lot of the Bretzy shippers are really upset about this. And I think they have every right to be. Yeah, I do it too. sucks. Yeah. You got and- your ship for five episodes. You got them taken away from you. You got them back for 30 seconds only for them to fall apart. Well, and not even that. I mean, like I try to, you know, as someone who is a big Bretzy shipper, I really do try to think about it in the context of like, Derek and Andrea didn't know when they wrote the end of season nine or when Derek wrote the end of season nine and they were going to do all this stuff in season nine for Bretzy to get together that Jesse was going to leave. Right. They told us, you know, they found out early summer. It was after mm-hmm. the finale though, but mm-hmm. they found out early summer. So then what are you going to do? Have once you find out Jesse's leaving, what have Bretzy break up one episode later in the premiere? Like that's not satisfying at all. Right. So I'm grateful that we got Bretzy and I'm grateful for what I had. And I'm glad they tried to do long distance. And I try to keep the context of like Jesse leaving and the other situations in check and in my mind when I think about Bretzy, but like, like I said, it's just something like this scene for as much buildup as they had, or as much buildup as Derek and Andrea made it seem like we're going to get about Bretzy in the finale, it didn't feel satisfying. And I don't, I didn't, I'm kind of glad with the way it tricked out because I think in some ways I'm kind of glad it was more about Stellaride and Hakami and Emma and like wrapping up those storylines from, you know, the last couple of episodes. But like I said, it just, it, nothing about this was satisfying. And I, I I didn't need like a ton more, but like a little, a deeper talk would have been nice. I think that we're just going to have to accept Bretzy for what they are slash were. And we're just going to have to accept that they were not the perfect ship that we wanted them to be. I don't know. I disagree with that, but I, I, I guess I agree and I disagree only because of context. And I think when we think about Bretzy and especially once they actually got together, Mm-hmm. I think context is going to be really important because of Jesse again, Jesse leaving. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of what ifs with Bretzy, unfortunately, and that's going to suck mm-hmm. because it'd always be like, what if Jesse didn't leave? What if this happened instead? What if this? What if he came back? What if you know, there's always going to be a thing, a lot of what ifs? What if they didn't take three years to get together, but they only got, you know, they got together in two instead, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think there's always just going to be a lot of what ifs and that's always going to suck. But I, I mean, personally, I love Bretzy when they were together. I love their buildup. I season nine is still one of my favorite seasons of all time because of the Bretzy stuff. Like I really do enjoy them, but I think like I said, if this is how it was going to end, it's not what, I, I mean, it's not what I wanted. Right. And not right. that there's a great way to end one of your favorite ships of all time, but like, this is not what I wanted. Right. 
And however you're feeling about it, it's okay. It's, it's a-okay to be pissed yeah. in this and situation. I, I think, yeah, for sure. And I think it. we'll see what happens in season 11 in the premiere. And, you know, obviously Brett's coming back, which is great. And I'm so excited that Kara's coming back because it just didn't feel the same without her. We've had her for so long on Ambo that kind of like when Jesse left, it just didn't feel the same. Not right. that I, I mean, especially we were also dealing with Emma, which like, oh. but like, yeah. I, so I'm glad we're getting back. I just, I am curious to see what they do and like whether they make a comment about them breaking up or, you know, I, I am curious to see. So moving into PD, this was painful and not in the, oh my God, what a heartbreaking cliffhanger way. This was painful in the, it's only 915 way. Yeah, this was not great. Yeah. Not great. Not great. The, uh, the one victory that I will take is that everyone's okay. Everyone is okay. Everyone we cared. Let's put it this way. Everyone we cared about. is okay. Yes. Yes. Everyone is okay. I mean, we all knew Anna was going to die. Yeah. We knew it. We knew it from the second she was introduced. Yeah. And really, and we realized she was more than just a one episode story. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So last week, remember, we ended off with Haley being yeeted to the moon and back. So we pick up right where we left off. And I was so glad that I was right about this, that it was going to start and she was going to open her eyes like two seconds later. I just didn't have the emotional capacity to deal with upset angst. No. Didn't have it. Didn't have it. Although we did get a little bit. Teeny bitty a little bit. A little, and a little bit. bit of Jay's calm voice too. That was nice. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So Haley wakes up. She can't really hear her, obviously, because she's just got her, like, her eardrums like blown out. And she's a little out of it, but she's okay. She's okay. Um, got a little tiny handhold. That was nice. Um, Jay's calm voice, also nice. Like that's definitely what I want to hear after I get yeeted from an explosion. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Ruzik calls in from his location and he's like, okay, the driver's dead. This was coordinated. Escano is going scorched earth. We need to find Anna now. Yeah. So Voight finds her and takes her back to the 21st and she's freaking out. Of course she's freaking out. A, her cover got burned. B, she hasn't slept in 48 hours. And C, she has made it so clear to Voight time and time again that she has said, I want out. And Voight has said no. Yep. She's not okay. Of course she's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets back to the 21st. She's freaking out. And then at one point when she stops him in the hall and she's like, Voight, like, where's my kid? Like, that's a big moment too, because obviously all she wants is to know that her kid's okay. And Voight can't even give her that. Mm-hmm. Insane. So Voight's like, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. So Anna starts, or Anna starts wandering around and, you know, she finds the board with like her name on it and everything. And Voight comes and finds her and they chat. Anna, Anna, we need to talk about what comes next. I die. For nothing. Right? Escano finds me and kills me and I die. No. I'm no different than any of these men, right? I mean, actually, I'm worse. He trusted me. Yeah, he did. And it didn't mean anything. No, it did. It does. Anna. It's not over. I am getting Escano off the street. It's never enough without somebody close, without me, because 
That's why you were using me. You needed me. Anna, I won't let anything happen to you. We're getting this gun. Wait, fucked up. Yeah, and he fucked up, and now when he needs her again, he's you know I don't I don't blame Anna for not believing him. I don't either. Why would she? Why would she have any reason to trust what he says? Right, right. And lying to her just to keep her focused, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna get the result you want. It's just gonna make right. things worse. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she knew her fate already and he was like, no, 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 we just have to keep going. We just have to keep going. Like, no, she knows she's not stupid. No. Anna's she, never been stupid in this whole thing. Right. She knows what she's doing. She just also had Voight kind of painted this picture in her mind of what could be. And she just kind of naively believed that. But like, she's not stupid. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. And I just can't, I'm, I'm trying to figure out here if, if did Voight just want to get Ascano so badly that he lost sight of the fact that like, she's a human being or did he, did he, did he want to find Ascano so badly so that Anna could have a good life? Or did he want to get Ascano off, off the streets? I don't know. And that's what I don't understand is like, cause I don't even, this storyline has been going on for so long. I haven't even had a hard time remembering exactly what happened. Who came first? Anna or Escano? Like, did they fall into an Escano storyline and then Aunt, then they used Anna as the CI? Or did Anna come first and then Escano happened and they used Anna again? I think it was the other way around, but I'm also inclined to say it was just the same episode that we met both. I don't remember. I don't either. At this point. But, yeah, I just, I never understand why is, but we haven't seen vote vote void this motivated i'm trying to combine my words here void this motivated about a case in a really long time no you're right about that you're and right like why yeah that's the tricky part and is is it because of the connection he's made with anna because i mean you know we we talk all the time about how lonely void is was he like did he connect with her and find that connection and remember like, oh, this is what it feels like to connect with a human. And like, I don't want to let that go. Or did he want Escano off the street so badly? Was it a mix of both? Like, it's hard to pinpoint. It makes no sense. Right. Right. So Jay and one of the ASAs, they get, um, they basically interview Anna on camera. And this basically just shows how shifty Escano is, is because, you know, even though all this stuff is going on, there's never been clear-cut evidence. You know, the right. ASA is like, did he talk about narcotics? No. Did you see him right. handle narcotics? No. No. It's like, but it was implied, but implied is not something we can use not that enough. will up in the court of law. Yeah. It's not enough. Didn't see yeah. him commit any crimes. None of it. Yep. None. So then we we come back from, you know, we, we're in the interrogation room and then we go behind the mirror and Haley's back at work. How? You get yeeted and you're already back and walking and back at work. Why? She got lucky. No, but you, you still, still, you take, um, you take a day off or two. Maybe, but you know, I imagine that being, I imagine, I imagine that conversation being like, it's like, take a day off. And she's like, boss, it's the season finale. Never. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, she, maybe she got lucky and it just looked a lot worse than it was. I don't know, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't know. 
So ASA Chapman basically tells Voight the same thing because Voight's like, okay, we're going to take this case. We're going to give it to the ASA. We're going to do it. He specifically targets Chapman because he's like, she's the youngest one in like complex prosecutions or something. Uh, and she basically is like, yeah, get out of here. There's nothing concrete. I can't make the case stick. And Voight threatens her. This made me so mad. Yeah, this was, so nope. He's like, this case is going to make your career. And if you pass on it, I'm going to make sure the feds know. And I'm going to ruin your career like six months into it. Fuck you, boy. Fuck well, you. The, the whole thing is she's like, then I, she's like, I've heard of you. And he's like, yeah, then, you know, I'm good for it. It's like, fuck you. No, that like, that is, that is that toxic man. Like that's the toxic shit that men spew. And like, you tell them no, and you set a boundary and they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, but you owe me. Fuck that noise. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that noise. If she's telling you you don't have a case, it's because you don't have a case. Yeah. Based on her knowledge and experience, which includes three years of painstaking, horrible, traumatic law school and taking the bar exam, she knows what she's talking about is my point. Okay. Am I projecting? I might be a little bit, but whatever. Like, fuck you, Lloyd. Yeah. That's not not cool. And even even if he's like, you know, I'm good for it still. You still, still. I'm so annoyed. Me too. Me too. She does give him property search warrants so that they can roll up on every single property he's affiliated with. So one part of intelligence rolls up on one house. Voight and Jay roll up on the bakery. They all kind of disperse to different places. So they go to the bakery and Voight goes down to the basement. And here is your twist, okay? Like we all thought the episode was going to end in like maybe Escano got brought to justice and Anna died or whatever. Twist, Escano's dead. Anna killed him. Yep. I honestly, I don't really know if I ever thought about that happening. Like, we're talking about things that we, like, could see coming. Like, mm-hmm. we all knew Anna was going to die, right? Right. But did I see Anna killing Escano first before she died? No. No. I'll be no. honest. No. I that was a good. going to kill her. Yeah, that was a good little twist. Nicely done, Gwen. Nicely yeah. done. Bestie Gwen. Um. Yeah, and so Escano just straight up is like, Anna stabbed me. And she's gone from the safe house because Voight calls the safe house. And they're like, no, she's gone. She escaped. And so Voight leaves the scene as Kim and Haley are there. And he's like, we're doing this off books. And Haley's like, why are we doing this off books? And Voight's like, we're doing it off books. Like, yeah, stop. So he goes to Anna's house and all he finds is evidence of her cleaning up the murder. Her clothes are everywhere. There's bleach on the counter. Her cell phone's there. So like he can't even reach her if he wanted he calls the sitter to let her know to call him if he sees or hears from her. And while that's going on, he notices blood on the oven. And like, as he's on the phone, he's like spraying cleanser and like wiping off the blood. Oh, voice. Have you voice. not learned your lessons? Never. Never. Yeah. Never. No. So Voight goes back to the 21st and we get this scene. Where's Anna? Hold on. You're going to talk to me. We can either talk here, we can talk inside with the others, but either way, we're talking. Escano gave us a dying declaration and we both heard it. So this moment right here, this is what we talked about months ago. When you're about to go off the deep end and when you're about to cross lines that jeopardize every single person on this team, you come to me, let me help. And how exactly are you going to help? We bring Anna in on her own. We claim self-defense. She tried to castrate him. 
She stabbed him six times, and now she's running and not well. There is no shiny fix for this, Jay. Then what are you gonna do? Just tell me. I'm standing here, I'm offering you help. So tell me. I am gonna save her. You know she can't just walk from this. I put her here, so I'm saving her. How? Clean what I can. Find her first. Control it as best I can. Look, you want to help me, Jay? Then help me save her. Coming full circle. I know. But, like, Jay's trying so hard, I feel like, to make this partnership with Voight happen when mm-hmm. clearly they're just on such different pages when it comes to their policing. Like, he's trying so hard. And I don't really understand why. It goes back to what Jay said in the midseason. How he's like, you think I don't know that you're good for this city? And I think it pains him to admit that. But I also, part of me even wonders if Jay's just trying to convince himself of that, if he even believes it at all. I don't. I don't think he does. And that's, I, you know, that like that line in the mid season, I had a whole, actually that whole scene, I had a whole issue with. Right. Cause like, I felt like it's not the J that we've been building up for, you know, at that point, eight and a half seasons, like, and now nine seasons. Like, I just, I don't understand. I feel like he's trying so hard and like vo- J pre season nine. I personally, I, I personally feel like never wanted to go with Voight's method like I just I don't understand where it's coming from and it just it feels like he's trying to make this partnership with Voight happen so hard he's like hold on you're gonna talk to me like we're gonna do this here we're gonna do there like you're gonna bring me in we're gonna do all this stuff and Voight's not gonna do that as it shows in this episode Voight's still gonna put he's still gonna do what he wants to do first yeah yeah so then intelligence goes back to the bullpen and intelligence is going over what they know and Voight just tells them to keep keep digging. So Haley brings up Anna as a possible suspect. I mean, it's totally plausible, but at this point we're doing the exact same thing we did in the season nine premiere where Voight knows what's up, Voight knows who did it, and he is sending the team on a wild goose chase. It's so frustrating because like there's nothing wrong. Like I just, I still don't understand why he's protecting her is really what I don't understand. Because like you said, everything that Haley says is very plausible. Like it would make all the sense in the world for Anna to be the suspect and she ended up doing it, obviously. But like, Mm -hmm. he's just like, yeah, okay, you guys are going to go do this. And I'm no, you're staying here. You're going to finish like going after Los Tomatoes. I'll go after her. And it's like, for what? Like, why do you care so much? Why do you care so much? And clearly you learned absolutely nothing about the Roy situation. Right. Like you're just going to get yourself in more shit and probably bring everyone else down, but you don't seem to care. Exactly. Which is why I'm glad Jay said what he said. And he was like, this is where we, we agreed we were going to talk when you're about to fuck shit up and, you know, make a decision that's going to impact every single one of us. Right. That's you probably where- should bring at least one person in, but but he doesn't see it that way. And it just, it does, it drives me fucking insane. He's never going to learn. No, unfortunately, I don't think he will. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result every time. Yep. Straight up. Uh, okay. So, so Voight's just like, don't worry, I'll take care of Anna. Like I'll find her. And Haley's just like, um, oh, fuck. 
come on to you this time. Like, yeah, she knows. I mean, if anyone knows, if, I mean, Jay knows because Jay has worked with Voight the longest at this mm-hmm. point, which is kind of crazy to think about that. You know, there's no more Al, no more Antonio, whatever. Like Jay is the one that's worked the longest with Voight. But like Jay knows because he's worked the longest with Voight. But Haley also knows because Haley just went through this shit with Voight. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> I, I can't believe that it's the finale and we're pretty much repeating history. And not even like if you told me we were repeating the season one history, still mm-hmm. annoying, but okay. Literally the beginning of the season. Yep. Literally the beginning of the season. Yep. It's insane. Yep. It's insane. So Chapman, the ASA, she's pissed at Boyd. And he's like, I told you I'm going to get you everything I promised. You just got to be patient. Like, deal. So she wants him to drop Escano's murder down to homicide and just focus on tomatoes. And Boyd's like, hell no. Hell no. But again, okay. So something I've been thinking about and wondering is, do you think if Anna wasn't the suspect, right? Like if Asano had just gotten murdered, say by someone in Los Tomatoes and they didn't know who did it or whatever. And she said, hey, just focus on Los Tomatoes, like drop Asano's down, murdered down to homicide. Do you think Voight cares? Or is it only because Anna is the one who murdered Asano and he wants to help protect her that he cares so much about solving Asano's murder? That's a good question. It depends on what it depends on if there's a bigger fish to fry, right? So if Escano is still the kingpin and that's who they're going after, I think he stays on it. But since Escano is, you know, if he's just a low level whatever, I don't think I think Boyd drops it and focuses on something bigger. But it, you know, that's if Anna's not involved at all. Yeah, like I don't think he cares that Escano gets murdered and cares about solving the murder if it's not Anna involved. Like if it was just mm-hmm. some random other cartel member who killed Escano and they were still trying to bring down Los Tomatoes, I think Voight does exactly what the ASA says and just focuses on Los Tomatoes and not care about Escano's murder. But because it's Anna, Voight's like, fuck it all. We're doing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they get a hit on the car because, you know, the last time they'd seen Anna was in this like gray Chevy something or other. I don't know. Whatever. They get a hit on it. And I think that Jay, I think I, I didn't think Jay was supposed to bring Haley, but he did because uh, Voight seemed like genuinely surprised of just like, why is she here? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you all stay there. And then ends up being only Berzik water stays there mm-hmm. and upset goes with Voight. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jay and Haley go to the spot of this car. But, you know, the minute Voight sees Haley, he's like, Haley, you go check that lot. And Jay and I are going to go around the back. But again, she knows Haley's just like something's something's up. Something's weird. So Voight finds the car, but there's like, and, and this was a blink and you miss it kind of thing. I, I didn't catch this till rewatch, but there's like a drop of blood on like the steering wheel cover. And then another one on like the, the, the floorboard. Yeah. The floor mats. Yeah. 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 So when we come back from break, Voight just tossing them into the lake. I would really think that you'd be better at hiding evidence than that. Tossing it into the lake that's 10 feet in front of you, probably not your best idea. Yeah. I just, I can't believe, like you said, like the fact that he's just tossing it there. He's so careless about, he's scrubbing for evidence, but he's being so careless about it. Oh, big time. Big time. It just drives me crazy. I mean, I get... I get why he's trying to cover for Anna, especially given like under Voight's logic, I get it, but they've done this so many times and they've 
barely escaped every single time that, you know, what are you going to do? Well, and the thing is, every time he's done it, he's, they've been a lot more careful. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about, especially the first thing that comes to my mind is when they did Justin's killer. Yeah. I mean, how careful were he and Al and Aaron? Like, so careful. And now he's just being as careless as we've ever seen Voight. And it's like, again, for what? For what? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. They're, you know, very methodical, right? Even in even in Haley and Ray and all that stuff earlier in the season. Yeah. Very methodical, very strategic. And here he's just covering evidence as he he's sees basically, it. yeah. Basically, whenever he finds something, he's like, Oh, okay, even if I just mess with it a little bit so that they can't figure it out, it's Anna, like that's fine with me. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's not the point we've known. It's just weird. Everything about this whole thing is weird. Yes. 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 So Haley catches him, basically, which is, thank God, and it's yep. perfect, so. What the hell are you doing? Go back out front, Haley. We're not doing this again. Again? I won't. I'm not lying to the team. I'm not hiding evidence. I'm not burying another murder. This is not that. This is that. She murdered him, premeditated, in cold blood. She killed him. She also gave her life for this case, for this unit, for me. We all care about her, Sarge, but she just slaughtered somebody. She's clearly terrified. She hasn't slept in 48 hours. She's not okay. I know that. Then you also know that there's going to be more evidence than you can bury. You can't save this. Hey, hey, someone is going to hear you. Then let them hear me. What the hell are you doing? Are you going to help him commit a felony? This Roy situation, I think, has given her a lot of clarity because she is not doing this again. I am so glad she called him out. Oh, yeah. So glad. And I honestly, and I this may give me a little bit of hate, but I think he needed it. I'm kind of glad she called Jay out, too, which we'll get to more of that in a second. But, like, Jay needed to hear it, too, because for some reason, Jay's in this, like, let me help Voight, you know, uh, Voight's right and all this stuff and yada, yada, yada. It's like, no, what Voight is doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And you could even argue that Voight is, has the best intentions and he just wants to truly help Anna, which, again, I don't understand, but whatever. But it doesn't matter. What he's doing is wrong. Right. And like Jay is some, for some reason going along with it. And I think Haley needed to kind of call him out too. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. like I just finished with point. Now let me go to you. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I know. which I kind of loved. I thought that was hysterical, but like, I think they both needed to hear it. Not that Voight's going to actually listen, but like mm-hmm. still. It is tough to reconcile the two though, because I mean, I was looking at this and I was just like, okay, well we did it for Haley and it was okay. And we wanted that to happen. Why is it that we're on the opposite end for Anna? And there's there's every reason to root for Anna that there is for Haley. Just because she's a CI doesn't mean that her life means any less. You mean why did why were we okay with Voight protecting Haley and not with Anna? With Anna, yeah. Well, first of all, I think we care about Haley as a character. She's the main character again. But I think even then, I think there was maybe a contingent that was like, I don't want to see Haley go to jail for forever, but like. She did do something wrong. I don't think anyone ever denied that Haley did something wrong. I think we were just hoping she didn't get caught, which there's a difference. That's and really, true. we wanted Voight to go down more for the whole Roy situation because it was mm-hmm. really his fault. I mean, Haley's the one that shot the gun, but everything went, you know, was Voight's fault ultimately. And, you know, 
I think Anna is just a little different because we just don't care about her. And that sucks. And it's, there really is no, if you look at both situations, no, like Haley should have gone down. If you really think about it logically, Haley should have gone down just like Anna should have gone down, but like it's TV. So they are different. Yeah. I don't, I don't know whose side I'm on here. If I'm with Haley or if I'm with Jay, Uh, I, I, I see, I see both sides. I mean, you know, it, ate Haley alive but yeah also and, and I, I you know I wouldn't want to help wait either he acts like he you know he plays God and it's just like why do you get to decide who lives and dies and who gets to go to jail especially when you put these people in that place yeah exactly so I'm, I'm kind of one foot in both camp a little bit more towards Haley but yeah it, it's tough yeah it's weird so uh Brian take it from here Okay, so after this, um, Voight gets a call. Like, Haley and Jay are still arguing, which I think is hysterical. And Voight's just like, fuck it, I get a call. This is more important. Um, and it's Anna's sitter. So he goes to Anna's sitter's house. And basically, Anna had called the sitter and was like, "I, you know, meet me here. Bring Rafa. Like, we're getting the fuck out of here. Um, and Voight's like, you know, tells the sitter. He's like, I promise you, like, I'm going to help Anna. I'm going to make sure she's okay. Just, like, tell me where she is. So... And then we're back at the 21st and Upstead ends up meeting in the basement and Haley's got more leads to Anna. Like Haley is like full blown steam ahead on the Anna train. Mm-hmm. And Jay's like, really, you're going to do this and you're going to go up there and whatever. And basically Haley ends up calling Jay out. Jay, what are you doing? Anna murdered somebody. The evidence is piling up. Yeah, I get that. Boy just wants to give her a chance. At what? At not spending the rest of her life in a jail cell. She's got a kid. She committed a murder on our time because of us, because of him. Because of us? Who asked her to kill him? Nobody wanted that. We can't do this again. You and me, we can't do it. No, we can't, and we won't. That's why I'm gonna find Boyd, I'm gonna find Anna, I'm gonna find a way out of this, the right way. You can't save him from himself, Jay. You can't find a way out for him. Maybe I can. No, you can't. We did for you. And look at what that cost us. Okay, first of all, I feel like it's important to mention here, which it comes up again later on, the you and me theme that is very apparent. As we I got as we got pointed out in our email last week, mm-hmm. someone, a listener sent it to us. I didn't realize how prominent that theme was, but it is today I noticed it like all over the place. You and me upstead, you and me wait mana, you and me birds. Like it's just it's all over this season. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. It's a good catch. Which it's really interesting because when you think about it, the I thought the idea of this fam or this season was supposed to be like family and home and whatever. And I think to some extent it has been. But when you think about it, you and me, it is a home unit. You and me is like two people is a home unit, but it's not a very extensive family unit. So is that also kind of the theme of like keep your family close and it's not that many people. And, you know, it's just something I've been thinking about. Yeah, that's a good um, question. But I do, like I said, I just, I'm definitely on team Haley in this point. So I might be forgetting something, but when she, when she says that last part, when she's like, look at what that cost us. I'm like, okay, wait, I'm thinking, hold on. I'm like, you got married out of it. What else am I missing? They got married, but like, look how much tension they, I think the Mm -hmm. idea is like, yeah, they got married out of it and everything ended up okay for them, but it very easily couldn't have. And they thought they weren't going to get married for a second. And they thought Haley was going to jail. Like they, they had a lot of suffering before they got married. It pushed them to the brink for sure. 
Yeah. Like there's definitely a scenario where they don't make it out of there. Not alive. I think they make it alive, but like, there's a definitely a scenario where they Haley's in jail. They're broken up. Like they could very have easily gone the other way. Right. Right. I, Haley's making it clear here though. She's, you know, she's saying, she's like, I'm not, I won't do this again. We went to the brink and it was way too close of a call and I'm not going back out on the brink again. Again, why would I do that? Which I love when we, cause we've always talked about, you know, the unit and where everyone falls and yada, yada, yada. And it used to be like Ruzik and Haley on the one side, Jay and Kevin on the other. And then you kind of got Kim who is like kind of in the middle, Mm -hmm. but I love seeing that Haley's on the other side and it took her almost following boy. I mean, following Voight doing the whole Roy situation be like no like that's wrong and I've loved seeing that she's come around and like changed her mind be like no like that's not how I want to do things anymore Mm -hmm. and Jay's a little bit more in the middle now even though I mean goes back to what we're saying that I don't Mm -hmm. I don't know if he believes what he's saying but yeah or if he believes what he's saying because the fate of the unit's at stake and if he doesn't believe what he's saying then the unit doesn't exist anymore right right yeah. So Bursic Water comes down to the basement and they're like, okay, we think we found the Shash house. Like we're moving now, which I love that Bursic Water is the one that solved this case. Really? Hell yeah. I love it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Jay's like, okay, you guys go. I'm going after Boyd. And all of a sudden Jay's like literally pulling out of the parking lot and Haley just flings open the door and gets in the car too. And she's just like, where you go, I go, which is a nice callback to the, um, is that the season six finale? Um, six, six. Which, which one was six? Well, six where they're like, think they're going to be taken apart as partners and they have that moment in the kitchen. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That's a full circle moment. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. I couldn't remember oh, I if that, that was, I think that's season six. Yeah. When, yeah. When Jay says I'm going where you go. Yeah. Oh, my heart. Yeah. Um, so of course Voight is driving like a madman after Anna and he ends up finding her and it is not pretty. Oh my God. No, she's, she's a mess. Yeah. She's a mess. And honestly, I can't even like, she clearly is not mentally with it regardless of what we think of Anna and whether she should have done kill it. She is just not with it. She was clearly really messed up by everything that happened in this case. I think learning about that Escano probably is the one that ordered her rape and mm-hmm. that boy didn't tell her about it when he, as soon as he found out, like she's just clearly not mentally with it. Oh, and that's a big lie to withhold from somebody. That's not even just a little white lie. That's huge. Yeah. So like, I, again, not excusing Anna's behavior because she still shouldn't have killed Escano. She shouldn't have done all the things she's about to do in two seconds, but like, she's definitely mentally not. Mm-hmm. there and so she and Voight have this huge confrontation in some random parking lot just like on a random whatever and she ends up pulling out a gun and shooting Voight in the shoulder I was I was actually really surprised that she did it yeah I really thought it was gonna like maybe she was gonna aim for him and then like it was gonna graze him or something but no she like actually shot the man yeah yeah, that was crazy. I do love the way that they structured that scene though. So that like, you know, he's trying to control, like he's trying to calm her down and everything and Upset shows up and they have to like run onto the scene. Yeah. So that, you know, it basically all worked out, but yeah. Cause crazy. she ends up shooting Voight and you don't see 
like you said, the way that it's shot, like she, we see that she shoots Voight in the shoulder, but then you hear a second gunshot and all of a sudden the camera pans and you realize that Haley shot Anna. She had to. Yeah, I, I agree. But we're, and as much as I don't like the man, right. And I, you know, people joke all the time, like, oh, Voight should just die or whatever. Like, what were they going to do? Let their boss try, bleed out? I mean, like, no, they were going to, she was going to shoot Anna. Of course she was. I mean, it just drives on the point, like they, their family, they disagree, but they're, they're at the end of the day, they're going to protect each other. Right. Like, again, what was, I mean, we can say all we want to about Voight, but what were they going to do in their mind? You know, they're going to say Voight and they had to shoot Anna. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And again, like I said, the phrase you and me over and over again, because like Voight's the one that's like telling Anna, like he's like holding on to Anna. Jay's trying to save Voight's life. Haley's working on Anna and Voight's still got one hand, like on Anna he's like you know stay with me it's you and me it's you and me it's you and me which I get it again he cares about her but that seems like a deep phrase for someone that's like technically your CI that technically works for you you don't really have like that deep of a bond with as we know of like just to be like it's you and me it's you and like what it yeah yeah from upset it makes sense the you and me phrase makes sense of course it does but from Voight Nana perspective the you and me I don't understand why he thinks that. I think he's feeling a little bit of guilt, honestly, because I think he he knows that he pushed her too hard and he's feeling really guilty. And so that's why he's saying that over and over is he's trying to do anything he can to keep her alive. And at that point, that's literally the only thing that he, can, he could do because he's got a bullet in himself too. Yeah. So at the same time, all this is going down, like we said, first Aquata rolls up on the stash house. They find all the drugs, all the money and like, Ruzik even makes a comment at one point that this is probably like the biggest seize in Chicago history. Like it's like so much drugs. He is so, so giddy about it. it. Like I, I actually got a little bit of joy out of that, seeing how happy he was about it. He's like, oh my god. Well, and I just love that. Like I said, it's Berzik water. Like Voight hasn't been on them at all. Like Berzik water did it all. Mm-hmm. And I just something about that makes me proud. I don't yeah, know yeah. why. Maybe it's because they're not technically detectives yet. And like just seeing them actually kick ass, which of course they do, but like seeing it, it's just, I don't know, something about it made me happy. Yeah. Um, but then the okay, so the episode ends and Anna ends up going to med. She ends up dying, and Voight is just like not in tears, because I don't know if we'll ever see Voight cry aside from Al and Justin, but still he's really upset by it. Like you said, I think he's feeling pretty guilty about it. Um, but my one comment is, did we really need shirtless Voight? <laughs> it was, a, it was a little, it was a little much shocking, a little much shocking. Like you could have had him like, have like wear like a button down shirt and just be open. Okay. Sure. But like, did we need to see like full shirtless Voight? I don't think so. I mean, I think they were just really trying to drive home that he didn't give a shit about what happened to himself at that moment. He only yeah. cared about Anna. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think at first I thought, cause they, they, they basically took like the last like minute of just like his, it was his face. It was like the longest sequence ever of just hip. Wait, yeah. But I think they were trying to drive home the point that he was kind of like, he was probably a mix of things, right? Like shocked, numb, frustrated that, you know, he tried to save her. And again, it didn't work. We've seen it. We've seen it a bunch of times where he's tried to save CIs and it just, you can't save everyone. This one clearly different, right? Not only for the fact that we had so much buildup to it, but like clearly to Voight, this is a different CI case because- mm-hmm she supposedly means a lot to him. And I just feel like season 11 or season 10 is going to be really interesting because if something doesn't change in Voight, what was the point of all this? 
I, I don't know. And we say that every season. I and then- know. And I feel like, I, I feel like such an idiot for saying that again, but like, it's true though. Like what's the point in having we clearly feel some sort of guilt and clearly doing all this stuff for Anna when again, like we've been saying all night is that like, we don't understand why he cares so much, but here clearly he does. And mm-hmm. so what is the point of having him clearly care so much about this random CI that he just met eight or nine episodes ago, whatever it was, if it doesn't change something. And that's what I'm not going to understand. I guess season 10 will be the big, you know, we'll see what happens, but I just, I don't understand what's going to be the point of all this. I have a bunch of questions about this, you know, especially because don't, don't forget this was all off the books. So yeah. now what's going to happen is shit, like shit's going to hit the fan. But I think this time Haley's in a much better position because it's more clear cut and there were witnesses. Mm. Oh, for sure. But is Voight going to resent Haley at all? Is he going to project some of that anger on Haley? Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, that was kind of teased a little bit for the PD finale. And then I feel like didn't happen was in interviews kind of leading up to this, it was kind of seemed like, oh, intelligence is going to, there's going to be tension within intelligence and yada, yada, yada. And like, I thought we were going for a full like intelligence against Voight situation. And we kind of got some of it, of course, like I said, with Upstead and Haley more specifically, but like, yeah, like you said, what's the fallout? Like, does Berzik water find out about all of this and like well, how do they feel or are we just going to start season 10 on like a totally different spot yeah I don't know it's PD so it's really hard to predict very hard to predict very hard I will say I mean even this was a very dry finale right it was kind of it was kind of painful was to get through at times very dry however Gwen wrote a very technically complex detailed layered episode which she always does she did a great job yeah when I think even though it was predictable like we all knew Anna was gonna die that was not I mean that was like the biggest non-secret ever but I do think even though we all knew Anna was gonna die like we said the Escano twist was great Mm -hmm. and I thought it was still a good payoff and a good conclusion to this back half long plot that we've been building up to like, I didn't feel like what the, like, what was the point of that? I think maybe I will if Voight doesn't, something else doesn't happen to Voight. Um, but I, I think, I think it's still a good conclusion to this long plot that we've been building up to. Yeah. And I, I, given the way it ended, I, I am kind of, ha- I am pretty happy with it because they could go anywhere for season, season 10, anywhere. Yeah. It's just totally blank slate. So that'll be interesting to explore because they could take it so many different ways. Um, Plus, good God, everybody's safe. That's all I cared about for PD yeah. and everybody's safe, you know, minus Anna R.I.P. But like, dude, I'm happy about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it was, I mean, it was a good finale. Is it my favorite PD finale ever? No. Is it, you know, my least favorite? No. Like, it, it's a good, it's a good final episode, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And I mean, again, we, I, I was actually, Part of me was a little surprised that they did kill Anna because I feel like, you know, it when was we so predictable. To, yeah. When we try to anticipate what the writers are going to do, we're like, they know that they know that we're thinking that. So like, they're going to do the opposite, but no, I mean, I think I it was the it, way that she went. That was surprising. Yeah. Like I said, I think this Gano dying first was interesting. I think mm-hmm. the way, like you said, the way she died was interesting. Um, but honestly, if they hadn't killed Anna off, I would have thought that would have been weirder. Yeah. Because then what? She's still alive and like you're going to keep her around in season 10? What are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh man. And of course you guys had lots of thoughts on this. This was so like by far what the most popular, which and Felleride got married. So like, and this was by far <laughs> what people had most thoughts on. Um, so Cindy said, people have been saying negative stuff about Haley was shooting Anna. Look, Han- Anna shot Hank, a cop first. Haley had no choice but to shoot. I just don't understand the people out there who say this bad stuff about Haley when she was just doing her job. It's just bugging slash annoying me. I don't get why people are getting so mad about it. Um, then there's other tweets I see where people are being mean about Haley and saying it will be badass if it was Kim or bring Bar- Aaron back to fix his mess. All the characters would have done the same thing Haley did and there wouldn't have been any difference to it. Oh, I, think I think all the characters would have done the same thing. I agree. I think there is a little more weight to it because it's Haley and given everything, like you said, how season nine started with the Roy stuff and you know her feelings about it. I think there's a little more weight to the situation given that it's Haley. But I, I agree. I think if Ruzik's there, I think if Kevin's there, I think everybody shoots Anna. Yeah, and season season nine or the end of season eight when, when she shot Roy, I mean, yes, she was doing her job, but another part of that was also allegiance to Void. It was loyal yeah. to Void or loyalty to Void. And this time it was solely doing her job. Yeah. So Sandra said, we all knew it wasn't going to, we all knew it was going to be a void episode. Kind of knew Anna was going to die, but wasn't really expecting Jay to be caught in the middle with wanting to save Boyd and do the right thing by Anna. But that's what he does, i.e. Marcus West. He saw how Anna was acting and knows what she went through. He saw how Voight was trying to contain it. Jay was policing more with his heart. North did say he may be too decent for the job. The scene between him and Upton saying, like, what are you doing? That was Haley trying to ground Jay, trying to prevent him from making another mistake. I did like the reference about how much they already have to deal with and how it affects them. Seems it has taken its toll, and that's what we haven't seen. But where does this leave Hank, and who gets shot like that and acts like it's nothing? Fair question. Yeah. No, I agree. I do think... I think the Jay, I don't know. I could write a whole thesis, honestly, about Jay and his character evolution. And is he on the Voight side? Is he not on the Voight side? I just, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about that. That's like a whole thesis podcast. Yeah. He takes bits and pieces that he's learned from all different people. Right. And I think in this episode, we saw that there's a little bit of compassion that he takes from Voight's policing and that Anna's a mom. Anna is just, she's just a woman who wanted to do right and bring down tomatoes and she doesn't deserve to go away for, go to jail for, you know, intelligence being the ones who have pushed her to this point. Yeah. So there's a little bit of compassion from Voight's policing that Jay has pulled. And we saw it in this episode. It's interesting how, you know, he's kind of pulled superpowers from everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison G said, is it wrong that I was kind of hoping Voight wouldn't survive the PD finale? I didn't like anything about the Anna storyline and have no interest in Voight in general. I would love to see them write him out and the rest of intelligence have to figure out their roles and the balance of power between them with him gone. I mean, I don't think that's a unpopular opinion in this fandom. Um, It is as much as I think we would like to see Voight punished and stuff from a TV perspective and from just like looking at it in general, I do think it is kind of hard to see a world without Jason Begay or a TV show without Jason Begay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it can't happen and that PD still can't be successful without him if he were to choose to leave the show, but I just don't see that happen. Same, same. And there, there are some characters that exist because of the way they stir up other characters. Right. And, and I, I think, think that's one of them. Yeah. That's Voight for the core five. Yeah. 
Um, and then she also said, since when does Rush exist in the one Chicago universe? It usually stands in first med. And I don't think they've ever mentioned any of the real Chicago hospitals on the show before. I did notice that they use the med set, but they called it Rush, which and they've never called it Rush ever. Huh. I and okay. Rush is what they use for like when they shoot outside of, you know, for med. That's what they mm-hmm. use is Rush. Oh, so Rush is the real hospital. Rush is the real hospital. Like where if they shoot a scene outside of med. That's what they use, like in Chicago. So it's just funny that they called it Rush, but clearly that was the med set. I don't know. Nothing about it made sense to me either. I did notice that too, though, Allison. I did. That's funny. I love that. Okay. So then Heather B said, not quite the ending I expected, but I'm not mad about it. Loved how much the ending of this season mirrored last season with Haley basically making some of the same moves. But this time she wasn't going to let Voight hide it, try to stop him or let Jay make the same mistake she did. Hopping in the truck and saying where you go, I go was what she needed or was what she she needed last season when she was on the phone with him while he searched for Kim and she went after Voight. Thought it was very fitting that she was the one in the end to shoot Anna after she shot him. It was a repeat of Roy, but Haley's consciousness could be clear on this one because she wasn't going to let Voight manipulate her. And it was a clean shoot. It was a clean shoot. As was Roy. As was Roy. But Roy was like super off books, whereas Anna was just off books but in public yeah yeah the end with the scene switching back and forth between the raid and the anna situation wasn't as dramatic as last season but it was such a great juxtaposition when they ended up in the exact same ed bay with jay and Haley standing exactly where he and kevin stood with anna wearing very similar clothes to kim last season it was very striking i didn't catch that i didn't catch that either but i did like like i said the way they went back and forth between the raid and the anna and void Haley jay stuff i did think that was like really good i made it a lot more interesting them going like directly back and forth between the two. Yeah. The big question I think is whether or not Voight finally understands he can't cover everything up and what it has and will cost him, or if he'll blame this on Haley to try and convince Jay the same. I will be so pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought this episode really showed how much Jay and Haley have changed this season as characters. And I'm interested to see where it'll take them next season. Overall, I really liked it. And now that it's done, think it was nearly a perfect ending to the season and that arc. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, that, I think it was, it was a satisfying ending. Yeah. I thought it was a good ending to this arc. I do, like I said, I think the, like she said, the big question is like, what happens next? Mm-hmm. And I think that'll also determine unfortunately like, how good this arc was executed too. looking right. back on it. Right. Um, Jessica S said, why did this show sideline three main cast members in a season finale? How is that acceptable? They did the same thing with the fall finale, but this was a season finale. It was ridiculous. Yeah. There was, you know we could talk about the pd structure over and over to we're blue in the face but like it is what it is and yeah it sucks that we really didn't see birds of water in this episode but like i didn't really expect to see them that much either unfortunately yeah i would like to see better integration going forward of the five of them together that would be nice Mm -hmm. um she also said what exactly did lying about roy cost jay and upton a few nights sleep they got away with it they got married and please don't tell me they did it to protect Kim. If one thing was made clear this season, Jay and Upton don't care about anyone but themselves. They never asked Kim how she was after being shot. They never checked on her and Adam with the custody battle or after Michaela was taken away. And they never asked about Adam after he almost died. This is, this team is not a team. It is Berzik water versus Vupstead. So Vupstead. Vupstead. 
Oh man, that's actually a good point. I think, I think we're just, we've got to just imagine that they asked about it in the white space in our heads. That's what I'm saying is like, is that a character thing? Is that them truly not being a team or is that just a result of the writing and the way the episodes are structured? And I don't know. And I think it's hard to say because we don't know, but like, I don't know. That's a fair thing to gather based on what we're seeing. That's a fair thing to infer. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think they care, but I think it's just the way it's split. It's always upset and void and Berzik water. Um, I mean, don't forget Jay is the one who found Kim. Yeah. Um, she also said, I know you guys like the idea of Jay in charge, but he is so self-righteous and hypocritical. In 816, Kim was <laughs> bleeding out and dying, and Jay is all up Adam's ass about warrants. But sure, it's fine to break the law if it helps him and Upton out. No problem. Also, Jay and Upton constantly involve themselves with Voight's mess and then get all in a way that they are in his mess. Maybe stay out of it for a change? Voight doesn't want them involved. He makes it clear that he makes that clear over and over again. Voight is who he is, and he owns it. Jay and Upton act like they are these great by-the-book cops, but their actions say otherwise. And it and I understand it isn't black and white. I just wish Jay and Upton would stop acting like they are better than everyone else. I can't defend that. That's. There are points of that that are not inaccurate. Not at all. Yeah. I do say the one thing I will say is I don't think that they feel like they're better than everyone else. No, that would be my only thing. Like I said, I do think sometimes they feel like they're very by the rules and then they do stuff that is not great. Like I do, I, you can argue, you know, I can agree with some of these other points, but I do think I would push back on the fact that I don't think they act like they're better than everyone else. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't think they do. Especially not Haley. I don't think Jay does either, but especially not Haley. Haley's fucked up more than a lot of them have. It's a really good point about, you know, Jay was all up Adam's ass in 816. And then this one, he's willing to, you know. But I think, and that's what, but I, and I think that's, it goes back to my, this whole season for Jay, to me, feels like he's been the most out of character since we've known him. And what changed and yada, 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 was the Haley stuff, whatever. I didn't need to really go back and watch the beginning of season nine, even though I don't want to, because I didn't like the beginning of season nine that much. But for the Jay character growth, I feel like I need to go back and watch. I mean, I don't know if I would say it's out of character. I think, I think after we talked to Derek and he, you know, kind of defended the whole phrase of being out of character, I was like, okay, yeah, I see okay, things not now. out of character. At least what I have, I guess, maybe envisioned his character to be, mm-hmm. or what up until a point I thought his character was, and this went against what I thought. Let's put it that way. I, and think I he's don't conflicted. know if. Yeah, but for what? Like, I don't know. We could have a whole argument about, and this goes back to the midseason more than anything of like, like what changed? Is it going through the Haley stuff? Is it just everything in his history with Voight? Like, I just, that's the part I don't understand. I mean, I think a little part of him connected with Anna too, not to the degree that Voight did, but a, a teeny tiny part of him. Yeah. I don't know. I can, just, like I said, I have a whole thesis and somewhere there's a thesis paper about Jay Halstead in my brain. And mm-hmm. I don't think it'll ever come out, but like somewhere in my brain there is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a bonus podcast, maybe a patron exclusive. <laughs> yeah. And Brian has Jay Halstead theory. Um, yeah. I mean, Jessica made some good points. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And then she also just said her last point was the Roy storyline being brought up again, but still no closure for Kim, you know, the actual victim. You have to cry or you'll laugh. Yep. Yeah. So Alexa S said, how is it that Haley's up and moving around during this episode after she was in that huge blast last week? Would have thought she would have to have to stay at med for a night or to be monitored. I mean, TV magic, but yeah, it's stupid. It makes no sense. TV magic. She got lucky. I don't know. And and that's the kind of thing that they always give the excuse for of like, well, we have to tell this case in 42 minutes and some things just end up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Yeah. Happens. Um, and then she said, when Escano didn't come out of the bakery, I originally thought that he could have gone out a back door, but then to find out that Anna killed him. Wow. Anna really is taking things into her own hands. I don't blame her. I wouldn't trust Wade either. Never trusted him in the first place, period. I don't think it's that she didn't trust him. I think she snapped. Well, I mean, after and like he lied to her. So like, how can you, she, I think she trusted him till then. And mm-hmm. then he lied to her. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then she says, it does seem as though Jay and Haley have switched sides lately. Like Haley from bad to good and Jay from good to bad. I wouldn't say that Jay's gone good to bad. I think Jay's a little bit more towards the center at the moment, but it changes. But for Jay, that's like basically going bad. Yeah. I mean, compared to where Jay was, like, he may as well have, like, gone to the bad side. Yeah, but it's the same way that, that's the same way that on Med we have a new version of Ethan, right? I think Jay, Jay's evolving just like every human being does. So I think he, he wavers at times. Yeah. Yeah. And then she said, Voight really does not know when to stop. He keeps pushing and pushing and pushing till someone breaks. And even then he just doesn't stop. And to me, that's not okay to be doing. And look at where it ended up for Anna. She died. Yep. Which is exactly the opposite of what he wanted to happen. Yep. Um, Jess B said, I almost don't know how to feel about it. As an isolated episode, I think it was great. The pacing, the intensity, the acting, they hit it out of the park. Looking at it as a conclusion of the season, I'm just exhausted. It's the same thing we always get. Voight goes rogue, and as a result, someone's life, because it's never his own, implodes. And it's hard not to notice that lately. It's always been the woman who suffered. Kim, Haley, and now Anna. Did any of them learn from the Roy situation? Voight, Haley, Jay? It felt like Haley was the only one who learned anything at all. She hit it on the head when she told Jay that he can't save Voight from himself. Jay might have had honorable intentions, but at the end of the day, Voight's going to do Voight and fuck everyone else, basically. The only good thing to come out of that dynamic was the where you go, I go line. Cue the Titanic music, please, which I loved. <laughs> um, and sorry, but it leaves such a sour taste in my mouth how they so casually lie to birds of water. If any or all of this ever comes out, it'll be hard for the unit to go on and not absolutely be shattered. Not only is there going to be any, not only is there not going to be any trust between them, but it feels like there's also... M- Almost no respect. These are all grown adults who've been on the job for 10 plus years. To act like they, some of them can't handle to know the truth in situations like this feels borderline. Inf- inf- I can never inf- say that word. Infantilizing. Yeah, I can never say that word. Um, <laughs> sorry for the rant, but I'm just very exhausted by PD after that finale. I'm begging the writers to address the cracks in the unit next season. Totally fair. And, well, and I think yep. it's just only exasperated by the very choppy storytelling. Because you get a Kevin episode, then you get the Jay episode, then you get the this. And for some contained episode storylines, having those focused episodes really work. But as like Jess is saying, for the season as a whole, it really doesn't. Like it really doesn't address so many of the things that we think are issues. And we're just kind of like, okay, well, are they ever going to be addressed? And it doesn't seem like they are. Right. It definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm with her on the infantilizing. I don't like the line they draw in the sand that you've got like upstead because they're like detectives or whatever. And then it's just like birds of water on the side. Yeah. Like 
promote them already or promote one or two of them. I don't know, but like get well, them on the same plane. Hasn't Leroy said at one point they were supposed to promote Kevin and then that just like fell oh, to the wayside? Probably. Yeah. What I also I didn't think about her point either, but like it is the women who have suffered so far. Kim, Haley, Anna. It's an interesting point. I don't really thought about that. Me neither. Me neither. Um, CB said, Void actually really cared about Anna. I know he's part villain in your eyes, but in this case, he wasn't, he didn't really care. Even Jay and Haley could tell. I wonder if he'll resent Haley for killing her. I do too. I don't think though, like, it's not that Void is part villain in our eyes. Like, yes, we're not big fans of Void, but like, I don't think it's because he's part villain in our eyes. I really just don't understand why he cares about Anna so much. If someone could explain it to me, I could maybe see it. But like, I personally just at this point, even after all this stuff has gone down, I don't understand why he cares so much. Right. And maybe it's because it's the first time we've really seen him care about someone who's not family or not in the unit or, you know, in that family unit or whatever. But like, I just, I don't understand. I don't. Me neither. Um, Allie said, because um, this was a response to our tweet, how much has ha- Haley has grown from the Roy situation? She wasn't afraid to stand up to Voight or Jay to make sure they stayed on the right path. The parallels of Haley and Jay being each other's voice of reason throughout the season to the finale. Haley yeah. definitely has grown. Yeah. Big time. Big time, big time. Yep. And then Haley G said, this was an awful season of PD. Upset getting married and then never speaking. I don't enjoy Burzik, Michaela, and the whole thing is grossly unfair to Adam and Kevin deserved better. They all did. Not my favorite season. I didn't think it was awful, um, but that's a good point as well. That like, you know, when you phrase it that way, I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I do think the Burzik water situation is, or not Burzik water, the Burzik, Michaela situation. I agree that it is grossly unfair to Adam. Yeah. I also think it is definitely interesting that like upset gig get married and we literally have never had another significant moment until basically now. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, they got married in the mid season. So episode nine and we're now at 22. I wouldn't say this was a particularly bad season. Of no, PD. I don't it think was... this is a bad season. It's just, I think it's definitely been the season for everyone in this fandom that makes it realize. I think you either really like PD or parts of it the parts of it that don't seem like they're ever going to change, like the structure and everything are really annoying. Yeah. I think it's definitely the season. Everyone's like, okay, that this structure is really annoying. Like we don't look, it, no, it's not that we don't like the characters or the stories being told, but like this structure is not working. I think, I mean, if you make me look back on season nine, I think it's a pretty middle of the road season. It's a, it's steady. It's just a, what is your season favorite of season of PD? That is a great question. What is my favorite season of PD? a great question my gut still says season three but i haven't watched some of these later seasons like as a whole in a really long time like i've i don't think i've ever really gone back and rewatched like season seven as a whole season eight as a whole like so it's hard for me to evaluate those but my gut just says season three because i do love season three yeah i say season three too because it was just it's it was very it was the epitome of early pd right like i love season three I, i would say three as well i think my least favorite is probably still season six. Mm, mm, mm. Don't even mm-hmm. get me started on my Antonio soapbox. We're not going there today. <laughs> well, not just Antonio, Upsick. I can I cannot look at the yeah. two of them together Al, in those scenes. Yeah. The way the whole Al's no, Al was season five, right? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. 
The okay, secondhand embarrassment. Season six was Kelton. I did yeah. not like that either. I liked that. I liked the Kelton storyline, but I can't like I the secondhand embarrassment I get from Upton and Ruzik, it is killer. But I did like I liked that Kelton storyline. It was compelling. I didn't care for Kelton, but now that I think about it, yes, yeah, season six. I've just the Antonio stuff. I still that's a whole soapbox that I've been on a couple times, but I will never get over the way how dirty they did John Seda. We never need getting Anto- over it. We need an Antonio Dawson deserve better shirt. <laughs> yes, I've made I started making a list of merch ideas for the summer. So yes, I'm adding that right now. Perfect. Antonio Dawson deserves so much fucking better. And John Seda. I would die if we could ever have I want dream interview with like John Seda on this podcast. I think he's back in Australia for La Brea. Which I don't understand how it got a season two, but that's a different story too. Nobody does. We're just going with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard the last I heard is that like whatever sinkhole that opened up on the show, it actually was a time portal back to like some odd year BC. I don't know. I watched two episodes and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, pretty much. I watched watched the pilot and I was like, that wasn't bad. Terrible. And then season episode two, I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. I was like, this isn't, this isn't bad, but I'm not going to keep up with it. Yeah. (laughs) Shows grounded in reality. Minus, you know, the flying super period pieces but still yeah a little reality a little touch so i can't do a lot of sci-fi i i can't in like in small doses yeah. the stories have to be really compelling yeah yeah so any other notes on pd no i think that's it Brina, we did it we did it three more seasons in the books I know. Crazy. Like I said, I can't believe we just finished our fifth season finales. That's insane. That's wild. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. That's it's bonkers. It's so crazy. Yeah. All right. So uh, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. Seriously. There's a lot going on in the world right now. You can talk to us. We love to talk to our listeners. Love it. Um, you will hear from us next week because this is a very rare year where we go straight from the season finales into ATX Festival. It's never happened. We usually take the week off in between and it, it, this year just didn't happen that way. There is no year. There is no week between this year. Yep. So what's going to happen is that on, um, so today is Friday when you're listening to this on Tuesday, Bryna is flying to me and we will be together. And causing all sorts of double trouble. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but we'll figure something out. Um, and then when we are at ATX Festival, friend of the pod, now Varieties. Oh, God, I can't remember her title. I think it's like, Senior TV Features Editor. I think nice I need to double check, but I just listened to Emily on a different podcast. So it's like fresh in my brain. Yeah. So friend of the pod, Emily Longaretta, will be joining us on the pod for our second ATX episode. Um, yes. That's going to be exciting. It's the first time back at ATX in three years. I know. I can't believe it's been three years. I know. It's like crazy to think too. I was like looking back at pictures of our friends the other day and it's like crazy to think how much in everyone else's lives have changed in the last three years. Oh, big time. Big time. It's insane. So, so you will hear from us next week and then we're probably going to take a week off because we need sleep. And cannot guarantee it'll be next Friday. I don't know when we'll record. We haven't set that up with Emily yet so like it may be Saturday or Sunday it could be Monday nobody knows yet but you will hear from us at some point 
we will have an episode coming out from ATX. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we will. And, and now that it's hiatus, remember we, things get to be flexible. Yeah. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's hiatus now. That's so crazy to say. I know. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well-deserved break. Well-deserved break. And then once we hit the middle of June, July is probably when the withdrawals will set in. Um, but for now we're going to, we're going to enjoy some other shows. Yeah. I gotta, I want to rewatch the boys ahead of next week. Oh man, that's a tall order. We could probably rewatch some of it. Well, I want to rewatch season two. I I think I, it's been because it was 2020 when it last came out. I don't remember a ton of it. Shit. You're right. So I feel like I want to rewatch season two this weekend, but other than that, yes. Well, cool. So yeah, again, meet us at mollies at gmail.com. Follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Gina watches TV, Bryna. I'm at Bryna K13. And yeah, we'll see you on socials and, and happy hiatus y'all. Bye.